Hey, what's up? Hey, hey what's up, Zane? Hey, what? man. Hey, you did a little thing right there. You kind of said, like, whoa. What was no, that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, like, excited you're here, dude. Thanks, yeah, thanks so um, much for... I'm excited to see you too, Zane, but that was kind of off-putting. You opened the door and you said, whoa, kind of right in my face. I did I did do that. Were you um, not... Were I you think not it's ex- just... No, I'm just excited. It's like you weren't expecting uh, a rock? I was expecting... Who'd you ask to do a podcast with, Zane? I asked to do a podcast with Level 1 Rock. And then who shows up at your Zor, Zane? A rock. And you answer with, whoa? I'm, so, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, to me, I wasn't totally sure what to I'm kind of getting a bad feeling about this whole thing now, Zane. Are you feeling like you don't want to do it now? Yeah, I, I am feeling like I don't want to do it anymore because you opened the door and you said, oh. How do you think that makes me feel? Put yourself in my rock. Wow, Zane, put yourself in my brock. What do you think I feel like? <laughs> no, I'm not having it over. Maybe we shouldn't do it. Maybe this is a bad idea. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you... I'm really sorry, man. I, I yeah. mean, I, I, listen, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm really uh-huh. sorry. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry, man. A, a, a big fan. Not enough to... I, I don't... Not enough to have a door ramp for the rock. Or a booster seat. I can tell you didn't even have a booster seat ready. I can look back there, Zane. You don't even have a booster seat ready for me. Did you just say you need a ramp to get? In? I guess that makes Zane, sense. Zane, I think I'm gonna have to go. I'm I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah. If there's any way we can like meet in the future. Nah, I'm just busting your balls, Zane. We can we could go do the podcast. Come on, let's go, Zane. You fucker, dude. Yeah, you dude. Fu- I'm a fucking rock. <laughs> You're a fucker. I'm a rock fucker. I was feeling genuinely bad. I mean, you could have sweeped up a little bit. It's kind of dirty over <laughs> okay, here. Okay, okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, and I do want that booster seat. You, okay, you do need a booster seat. Yeah. I have some like books you could sit. Sure. How? Okay, in all honesty, you must get this a lot, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you are a rock? Yeah. Okay, so you, you understand that it's, like, a little surprising. At first, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I can, well, I can be a little forgiving. I'm And, and like, I know I know we're joking here, but I probably should have not said whoa. So I, I, yeah. am, I am sorry about that. Thanks for being cool. Yeah, wildly uncomfortable way to start a conversation, <laughs> Zane. Okay, dude, okay. How did you get here, though? I drove. I drove my car. Okay, yeah. Look, maybe we should just get to the podcast. Do, do you need a ramp, actually, to get I in mean, here, though? I mean, no, like, you kind of see today. Don't fucking touch me. Okay, okay. Yeah, man, I'm, like, so excited that you can make it. Like, yeah, This the, is awesome, dude. I've never done a podcast before. I never thought I would do a podcast. Okay. Hold on one sec. I gotta take this. Is this real? Yeah, right now? Yeah, I'm not doing anything. All right, fine. I'll be there in six minutes. All right, all right. You, you gotta leave now? Is, is this a bit? Uh... I know, I know I was kind of fucking with you earlier, Zane. It's yeah. not a bit. I, I, I have to go. They just, there's a very serious rock danger that I need to rock take care of. This is super unprofessional of me. I'm not even joking. I have to go. I mean, not, take care of what you need to, but like, do we, should we reschedule or? Uh, no, you can, you can talk to my human. He's outside. He's, um, he's actually on the creative team. He could talk to you about my video essays. Will, will that work? Or like, it, wait, no. Zane. People are in danger. I don't have time. I'm sorry. With all due respect, this is a podcast. I got to go. Who, who's your who's your human you're bringing in? Who? Ian? Dane. What's up, man? What the fuck? Hey, long time no see, dude. Dude, oh. what the hell? They're kind of making a mess over here at the yeah. studio. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're, you're, you're on his creative team? Yeah, dude. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that's what I've been up to this whole year. I've never seen you boast about it. Well, you know, I've kind of been a little bit... To myself. Wait, 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 wait. This is we we've done an episode together before. You yeah. You didn't tell me you were coming. Well, I guess we have some catching up to do. Is it like a 
good job or like he i can't tell what's up with that guy like how's working with him okay yeah um you know he's an artist so he has his opinions his strong opinions okay. about things are you so is this like a ghostwriting situation or hey, like... i i don't i'm not here to reveal you know all the all the behind the curtain all of the you know behind the scenes knowledge but I, I do work on rock projects. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I guess we'll just catch up then. Yeah. Maybe maybe we just you and I talk. I guess it'll be like the same interview. Yeah. If you're the one like writing. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. I, uh, I I did a half committal intro for Estelle Allen, uh-huh. and then I did like a real committed intro for Pete. So I've been mm. considering if I should do intros from now on, sure. or if I should just do the natural talking leading into it. You know, whatever works, it's your show, man. Do you want an intro? Sure. All right, let me. Okay. Hey everybody, you might know this next guest from his music videos under Domino Effect. He's now making amazing video essays under Level One Rock with, uh, damn. Okay, let me. You take your time. It's so hard being like a game show host all no, of a sudden. No, take your time. It's so unnatural. <laughs> but I, I honestly, like, it's one of these things where, like, I've been trying to, I think, circumvent some of these traditional things, but mm-hmm. then I realize it just actually does work better for you. We can't talk, we can talk about game show hosts later. <laughs> oh, like putting because on that Because it persona. does make you appreciate that part of oh their craft God, it's yeah. like it's like your your job is to deliver the energy and the premise like Ugh. concisely you have like 15 30 seconds hey everybody this is what we're doing this is why you should be excited about it let's go yeah and it's like damn okay there's a there's a craft to that for <laughs> yeah. sure all right let me go one more time yeah okay. take your time dude <laughs> as you rustle the, the <laughs> ice yeah <laughs> all right all right all right everybody, you might know our next guest from his music videos he directed under Domino Effect. He's now making incredible video essays under the channel Level One Rock. Today, we have Ian Q. Baker, or Level One Rock. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for a long time, I wasn't planning on um, associating my real human name and face um, with the rock, but given that there already is a video of us on this channel having a two-hour conversation, I was like, okay, that's that's like an inevitable yeah thing. Plus, also, I just like talking about art and like yeah. what I'm working on and stuff. So, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I, I always love talking with you. We've only done uh, one episode together, and I was totally thrown for a loop when you posted that you've just been secretly making video essays all year. And that, and like with like a pretty good like number turnout, and then I looked into them, and I'm like, these are really good. Thank you, <laughs> so thank like, you. So I was like, we should get Ian to talk about this. Yeah, I I appreciate. It. I honestly barely told anybody about. It. I didn't know because uh, the short version is that I like burned out of music videos. You know, I feel like my whole life I've bounced from hobby to hobby, from thing to thing, whether it's a few months at a time or a few years at a time. Yeah. And music videos lasted the longest. Like, it was, like, five years I was doing that. But it did get to a point where I wasn't really having fun anymore. Yeah. Um, Plus, you know, a lot of over... You know, life is complicated. It's never just one thing. There's a lot of overlapping um, other changes, you know. Just been going through a lot of 
changes over the last few years. So having like a, a change of voice, a change of mediums was very unexpected. Um, and it's just so weird. I'm still getting used to like making video essays because my voice and, you know, my thoughts in the form of sentences never were related to like music videos. Like you come up with ideas, but contributing like my own voice and things mm. like that is, is something very new. And, you know, like everybody doesn't like their own voice, but it's, it's just a very different, um, form of expression. But I think what pulled me into it is seeing like how creative people are with it. Like there's, there's like almost anything you can do with it. I feel like it's with, with video essays. Mm -hmm. When you I said the same thing about music videos last time. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> well, when, when you say this was good, you could do anything with video in general. I feel like when you say that your voice wasn't a part of music videos, do you mean literally your My, speaking voice? You literally how now, yeah, because so, like... So not your creative voice. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely have, was... I feel like I developed my creative voice a lot through music videos. Um, and, you know, like I kind of said before, like I still have a passion for music videos. I think I'll still do them here and there, like as passion projects. Um, but yeah, as far as like with music videos, if I'm pouring all my energy into something um none of that is is my actual like voice that i'm using right now yeah. ian or rock talking um and it's just a very very different thing but basically what my premise was in making this channel after burning out of music videos was like i just want to make whatever i want i just want to be able to share my thoughts and feelings about things like um the the smiling friends video is one that i uh planned out and wrote but then like the tyler the creator video was just because like that music video sorry not sorry came out and i actually was like obsessed with it for like a few days when it came out i was like the song is so good this video is so good yeah i have a lot of thoughts about it and i was like the whole reason i made this channel is so that when something like this happens i have an outlet to talk about it so why don't i just fucking talk about it yeah totally i i'd love to bring up just your what you've put out so far i mean nice. this is a really good output for like a first <laughs> year i mean it's you might have as many video essays as I do now after doing it Thanks. for like three years. And like kind of similar to what I went through, your very first one is the one that took off. Yeah. Which I, I don't know about you, but my first video essay was about Tyler during, mm. the, during the Igor era. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after a month, it had hit like a thousand views. Right. And then like a few weeks later, it just randomly just was going up like steadily like a hundred every hour until it was like yeah. eventually at like 10,000 then a hundred thousand. And I got like, I went from 60 subscribers to like 4,000. Yeah. And it looks like you've had a similar thing. Yeah. Happen, so. It's, it's mostly from the smiling friends video. There's a few other videos that I feel like, but most of my audience I feel like came from the smiling friends video. Yeah. And, and the algorithm is the most mysterious thing ever. Exactly like that. Where like it's initial, you know, viewing from your audience that's immediately exposed to it might add up to like a thousand and stay like that for like even a few months. Like yeah. in the case of that one, I don't know if it was just because it was my first video and they give you like extra algorithm juice or something like, oh, let's see people like this new channel. Yeah. But it was like a couple weeks after I'd posted and it was at like a thousand that it started slowly getting views and then snowballed for a bit. 
Um, well, I watched that one first, and I think it's really, really well written. And um, and then I, I watched your new one, which is an hour long. I've actually watched it like twice. Amazing. Because I, I watched it once, and then I think the next day I just kind of like clicked on it on accident i just kind of let it play while i was working yeah, we take those and then since then i knew i was going to interview you so then i th- threw it on like a third time and it kind of got halfway through and so n- now it's just because honestly like you just kind of talked about very uh good good mental health stuff i, I guess as a introduction to your channel you're mostly talking about pop culture but you're yeah. More so discussing mental health concepts, and you're kind of using pop culture as like a backdrop for those. Ideas. Yeah, I feel like you know, obviously, my first video was talking about a cartoon, and then so you know, some people might see that video, then go to the rest of your channel and be like, oh, so they talk about cartoons. Let me check it out, and mm-hmm. then next video, I'm talking about rappers, and then I'm talking about a music review channel, and then an absurd comedy sketch, and then I have some Eminem shit post bullshit. Like it's <laughs> it's. I just, and I want to make whatever I want. Like I said, like I don't ever want to be boxed in. Uh, that's one thing I love about your channel is you have Thank a you. very, you're very versatile in your creative output. Like, um, I, I, I always want to keep that freedom. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll pull up like my playlist as well, but, you know, because I think we have a lot of similarities going. Like, yeah, I, I started, they're not in order of release, mm-hmm. I guess, but yeah, I started with Tyler and then. While I was making it, I made my Animal Crossing one simultaneously, so mm-hmm. they, they came out like a, a week apart, and then after that, I started kind of, you know, taking more time and stuff, but yeah, I, I think from there, I went to like anime with My Hero yeah. Academia, and then another cartoon with Midnight Gospel, and then I start, and then like this one I made in like a few days just to like challenge myself again, mm-hmm. you know, and then this yeah. one took months and months and months, and this one took months and months and months, right. and this was another one that I just kind of like pooped out in yeah. like two days, you know. Right. And I think I think it's kind of my worst one because of that. It's still a show I know I need to watch. There's so many shows and movies I know I need to watch. And that's one of them. I know it's going to be good when I watch it. Well, I think similar to what you said about being so into um, the Tyler video yeah, and just wanting just to like, make a video about it. Yeah. See, like, I I definitely have a lot of personal pet peeves with other video essayists in terms of, like, things where I think sometimes certain videos are, like, lower quality or they were, like, made too fast. And so I can be kind of hard on myself when I'm making my own about making sure they're up to certain standards. But at the same time, kind of like what you said, I'm, like, also just trying to have fun and make stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. And so I made the rehearsal one just kind of, like, right when that pilot came out just to okay. make something really quick. And then right. later I was, like, glad I made something for fun, but then also, like, ah, maybe this I could have waited or this yeah. could have been better. But... I feel like that's the infinite push and pull of creativity. Like, literally that fun versus perfectionism in art video was one I made in a day um, – I think it's funny that the half of the thumbnail has SpongeBob in it because that's what it was about is I was heavily overthinking crisis catastrophe and SpongeBob. Um, Mm. Some of my friends close to me know that I was heavily overthinking it many times. Like there were many points during making it that I was like, I I literally couldn't imagine anybody listening to this. Oh really? Yeah. And uh, have you heard like the Martin Scorsese quote of like, when you watch your rough cut back, if you aren't like sick to your stomach, like you've done something wrong, like oh, that's really funny. Yeah, it's it, it was that because there was literally there was such a long period of time where I was going back and forth between I need to just finish this 
and I need to completely rewrite it. Like, and, and I like, yeah, to the point of even like different chapter titles, different chapter structures. Like, no, this is all wrong. I need to do it completely different this way. And then I would get I'd sit down to like rewrite it and get like one sentence in and be like, holy shit, this is so much work to rewrite it. And if even if I do it, yeah. I will just be back at where I was, but like a version B instead of version A. So that video is like an hour long. And I know there's various sections where you'll include like a psychiatrist talking mm -hmm. for, for several minutes, mm -hmm. which I think is good because she's making full points, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. um, that being, so, you know, obviously that lowers your personal runtime of narration a little mm -hmm. bit, but mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, let's just say you speak for 40 to 50 minutes sure. in this video. Yeah, something like How that. How many pages roughly was the script? I feel like it was like 25 to 30. Interesting. And there were so many different versions of it because because my my late night video i think is my longest one at like uh -huh. 26 minutes or uh -huh. so and i think that's like an eight page script wow but so you show a lot of clips there's a lot of clips and yeah. right now i'm making my first ever like big one hour behemoth yeah, of nice. a video the way that you did <laughs> you know and i think i'm going through a similar thing where yeah. at times i'm like why have I procrastinated this so much? I just want this to be out. There's so much work left to be done. And then some, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I bet it's like really bad. And mm -hmm. then I, and then sometimes I'll open the project file and I'll be like, wait, this is so close to yeah. finished. I yeah. just haven't looked at it in oh, a few weeks. Yeah. And so I keep wavering between this is actually really good. And right. like, oh no, I, I, right, I need right. to fix it completely. Right, right. There was a, a really good uh, Earl Sweatshirt YouTube short that came up on my YouTube the other day. And he just said, like, something to the effect of, like, advice he would give his younger self is, like, <clears throat> you know, you're still on the ride. The ride doesn't change, but your perspective does. I feel like that's obviously very true as, like, a long-term thing, but also kind of like you're saying, within the – whether it's a few months or a few years working on a project, like, almost on a daily basis, like, you have a rotating perspective of the own thing you're looking at. And yeah. this is something I definitely experienced with music videos was, um, like – I, I just the sacredness of like the first time or the first couple times you play something back when you're like let me try something I think this could be good in this scene and you do it and then you watch it back and it works like there's only that first time that you watch it back and see the, all those elements come together and it works like as you start watching it more and more as an editor 10 times 20 times 100 times you become so desensitized to it yeah. and, and predictive that uh, it just it feels very you feel very jaded I'm glad you said that because I've been saying something very similar for a while and I think it can be a little bit of an abstract concept and so when I describe it to non-editor friends I wonder if they fully get mm. what I'm saying mm -hmm. but like to me it's kind of like you could be making a puzzle and it's almost like you know you see all the little pieces but it's like until you literally put in the final piece you haven't actually even seen the painting and so, mm. like, for me, like, I recently put out a music video that, like, I think now is really good and I'm really proud of it. A lot of the time while I was editing it, I was, like, just hating it and thinking I had, like, fucked up and not made something good. Mm. And, like, it wasn't until, like, it was, like, just the final two clips were placed that I, like, I, I felt like I was seeing my mm. own video for, like, mm. the first time. Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of like when I'm showing my finished video to someone, right, when I finish it, I also feel like mm. I'm seeing it for mm. the first time. Mm -hmm. Because when you're editing and you're watching back your drafts, but there's still things you need to do, like, maybe you'll 
be watching the video, mm-hmm. and then there's just like a section of black, mm-hmm. and you'll it'll you have, fill it in your head, kind and you of. Feel, and then in your head, you imagine what's going <laughs> to be there, or maybe you'll have like text, but it's not like animated yet, so you have to like imagine it good. <laughs> Explosion right? sequence, exactly. And so the whole time you're editing, you're getting like closer and closer to your final product, but you literally yeah. spend so much of your time watching back your own work like playing imagination. Yeah, yeah. So the first time when you're finally done that you hit play and you just get to sit back and just every single second of the video just is the video and there's no more like suspension of mm. disbelief mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. head. You're just watching it like any other audience member. I always like feel at that point like I am the audience and I didn't mm. just make it because it's the first time I'm just getting yeah. to like see it as like a whole right. thing and yeah. that's when I'm finally like oh this is good for sure <laughs> it definitely is that like whole is greater than the sum of its parts thing like yeah. when I got when I was having the worst of that like I shouldn't even finish this this sucks no one would ever listen to this was like uh, before I had any of the clips of the psychologists in there, before like the final music was selected and stuff, it was just like I had finished recording everything, so like an hour-ish worth of voice was in there, but with very little images over it um, and and very little you know supporting clips, and I feel like that's that's when it started to feel a lot better is by bringing in the other perspectives and being yeah. like, okay, this isn't just like one asshole talking. Like <laughs> it's like, I'm actually, I don't know. It, you just become so jaded and desensitized to your own thing. Um, I'm interested um, in here really quick. These, it's this time of day where the, sure. the, the sun bounces off my car and just <laughs> exactly into my eye. Amazing. And I just, I, I tried Okay, there we go. I the shot the shot is much nicer with those up, but I was yeah. just like getting fucking blinded. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to discuss like what we have in common and what sure. we disagree on in terms of like pet peeves with other vi- people's video essays okay. and like what we like aspire to do well because sure. like for instance, you just said like you wanted to bring in a bunch of like a professional's perspective rather than relying too much on your own yeah. narration. Yeah. And like I, I always grapple between I'm like, okay, if this is my video, then maybe I should be talking most of the time. But then other times, like a clip will just so perfectly mm-hmm. make the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do I need to, to, right. just, to describe this when I can just let this you know, clip play? I, in the SpongeBob video for a few of those uh, parts in like Squid's Day Off, I have little clips of me like, mimicking it like exactly like you will not go back to the crusty crab i will destroy the crusty crab and then he throws the mirror and shit like that like yeah i had a few of those and was like do i do i play my own voice clip of it or do i just play the actual clip itself do i play both and right. i was just like like what's redundant yeah as much as i love my own silly clip it's like the actual thing that i love the most so i put it in yeah um I mentioned to you that I learned about Dodford because of your podcast. Oh, yeah. I think one thing that Dodford does very well is letting people tell their own stories, like the yeah. the, the not over-explaining. So that it's it's knowing when to, when to add your own voice and when to show versus tell. I think it's something they do very well. Well, I think what Dodford has, like, really cracked into, like, since he and I had talked was, like, he's now at this point pretty much just making full-blown documentaries. Yeah, they're great. He and I talked when his Donald Glover video was blowing up, and I was like, you know, obviously I had one, too, so I was like, this will be an easy guy to talk to, (laughs) you know? And 
at the time, I, I feel like maybe his videos were still, like, a bit, like... And I don't even fully know what the distinction is mm-hmm. in my mind, but mm-hmm. they did feel more, like, YouTube video essay mm-hmm. which I like that content. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also still featured, like, face cam footage of himself, like, talking mm-hmm. to camera. So, mm-hmm. like, it had, like, a YouTubery aspect to mm-hmm. it. And since then, yeah, like... His videos are like 80% clips, mm. like 20% his guiding mm-hmm. narration. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how a documentary is. Like you use like media evidence to like build yeah. a story. Yeah. And then the filmmaker jumps in when they need to, to just like yeah. bridge things. Right. So now like he's really just letting like existing stuff pay the story. And he's just yeah. working as a really effective editor, like putting it in like a good order that works. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I notice a lot of people like that too, like on his Adam Sandler video, which is really good. The Adam yeah. Sandler paradox. I saw a lot of people I think saying, this is like his bi- biggest video. Yeah. That now. one's big now. Um, a lot of people were saying like, it's amazing that you like let Adam tell his own story. I saw that being highlighted a lot too. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's, and that's what I love about, and that's what I mean when I say like, you can do anything with video or video essays is like, you know, that's what I loved about music videos is how open to experimentation the field is. Like, I guess I just look at creativity, like experimenting, like every project is an experiment and regardless of what it turns out to be, what, you know, how people receive it, like there is an idea that you had and a goal you had set out to do and you learn something from the process. Um, but absolutely, I feel like Dodford stuff is kind of like mini docs, you know, like their channel is like a, like a little Netflix, you know, like, yeah, you know, when I was like a freshman in college is like when every frame of painting was going on. Right. Um, are, are you a fan of this channel? Um, yeah, this is one of many channels that I've only seen a couple videos. Okay. But I know, I know of them. So to me, like, I think of him as, like, the reason video essays became a popular mm. genre personally, because to this day, like, not he's, like, not only, like, the first video essayist I watched, but I still think he's the best one personally. Mm. Like, I just think that his writing and editing is like so unbelievably like effective okay. and in my mind i think because of that i remembered his videos being longer because they feel mm. so information jam-packed mm-hmm. and now like in retrospect i'm like dude this one's like less than three minutes yeah, that's you know crazy. And, like this one's like five minutes and i remember like just learning so much from them mm-hmm. and the thing the big the reason I think of him as so influential is like his views are crazy. He literally retired after barely doing it for like a, a year. Oh, when was his last video? Uh, it was like when I was finishing oh, wow. college. Yeah, in like 2016, I want to say. And um, the thing is, is like I remember it was very apparent that him and Nerdwriter were like besties. Mm. And Nerdwriter, his channel was getting big at the same time. And so they were like these two big video essay channels. And I think, like, Nerdwriter, he was kind of going in all sorts of direction, like, talking about, like, tons of different stuff Mm. the way you do. Mm. And he started to integrate in, like, a lot of motion graphics stuff that, to this day, I now think is, like, sort of a meta. So I kind of think he grandfathered that a little Mm. bit. But he would always, um, you know, give credit to Tony here doing every frame of painting, you know, Mm. for also being one of the other great ones. Mm. And I think what really was special about this channel is like his writing was like super intentional he never really went on like 
side tangents or like joking diatribes or like mm-hmm. talked about himself or anything like that. He just like explicitly like stayed to the task of his yeah. thesis. And like the clips he used on screen were always like per- just the utmost perfect example of like what he was talking about. Mm. And they were like short and sweet mm-hmm. and like his videos just have like an editor's like rhythm, you mm. know? And I like longer content because it can be really entertaining and good, but also I think a lot of video essays, like, they, I don't know, there, there can be clips on screen that are, like, barely relevant to, like, what's being talked about, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like they phoned in, like, making their case as good as mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. or, like, maybe a lot of the word count is, like, just too much, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they're not staying the task, yeah. I suppose, and, yeah. like, this channel was just so concise and so good. Mm. I don't, I don't remember what my original point was. I'm just like <laughs> praising this channel. Yes. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I think that's one of the m- most important things about video essays is like efficient information, you know. And I think this is this is an observation I've made of why I think super long videos can exist and and why we keep watching them is like yeah. You know, you look at it as like, why would anyone watch this? There's there's a really good video that actually explains it. I don't know if you've seen this video pop up. It's called the world's most advanced video editing tutorial. The world's most. There it is. No, I don't think I have. We don't have to watch. You can just look at its existence. Yeah, four hours, Holy nineteen minutes. Shit. So here's the thing. If you uh, you don't have to click on it because we don't need I'll, sound. I'll, I'll but, click on it and but just mute it. Th- cool. This is something he explains in the first few minutes. Um, he's like, you're you're looking at a very long video. Yeah, computer's heating up trying to process it. Why? Great video. Oh, and he, I don't know if he still is, but at the time I'm making this, he was an editor for Linus Tech Tips, and so he like, like this tutorial is like start to finish editing like an episode of Linus while he goes through like literally everything he's learned in video editing. Um, But anyway. It's like, why would you watch a four-hour video that's insanely long? This one's nine hours long. Same guy, different guy, different wow. guy. Sorry, wow. I, sorry, not to cut you off. You're good. <laughs> I just got blown away. That's like half of a day. Yeah, <laughs> insane, insane. Uh, but he says in the first few minutes of that video, like, don't think of this as a long tutorial. I'm condensing everything I've learned in X amount of years of video editing and putting it in one place. So think of it as a very short tutorial. It's only four hours to hear all of these years of experience. It's that- like, oh, well, you put it like that. And I think that's. What a lot of, maybe not all, but what a lot of long videos are, it's like, yeah, it's an hour and a half, but they're covering eight seasons of a show. Like, this is very efficient. Like, this is, yeah. this is, and it's, it goes back to that thing, like, with music videos, I felt it was a game of, like, putting hours into seconds. Like, you spend hours and hours and hours to make a 30-second video, a two-minute video. Um, still kind of the same thing. You're putting tens, if not hundreds of hours into, like, a maybe one-hour video, yeah. four-hour video. Um, there was, there was times when I was making my late night one and it, you know, was becoming my longest video at like 26 minutes. And, you know, I was covering a lot of different subjects talking about like six different guys basically Uh and like different eras and all this stuff. And like, there were times where I had clip examples that like maybe instead of a minute, it was like, like a, like you're just watching two minutes of something else before it gets back to me, you know? And I would be proofing back my edit and I would just me- mentally remember like, okay, I'm into this because I'm into this. I mean, obviously I'm the one making the mm-hmm, video, mm-hmm. but I would like be thinking as an audience, I'm like, it feels like it's dragging a little bit here. Or this might be when somebody gets a little bit bored or they mm-hmm. like 
forget what they're even watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there would be moments in the edit where I would think like, as much as I want to keep this, this feels a little self-indulgent right here. And this might mm-hmm. actually be the thing that, <laughs> that like decides if this is a video with yeah. like 2000 views or it like has like a million. Yeah, this views. is where everybody drops off and the diamonds were yeah. like one more swing away. Because when I'm watching like my favorite video essays, mm-hmm. whether or not it's like a five minute one from every frame of painting uh-huh. or a 40 minute one from M. Plemon, mm-hmm. I think the thing that has them in co- ha- the thing that they all have in common is that they're just good the whole time. Right. And like moment to moment, it's yeah. going from something interesting into something yeah. interesting. And my attention is just totally yeah. held. And so I think long videos are good, like if you can achieve yeah. that. Right. Um, and I think that yours really do. Like I, I really liked, you know, seeing your short one first and uh-huh. then seeing the hour long ones yeah. like also be awesome. Cool. Thank you. I feel like I had a point just what were you talking about like one second ago. I was talking about being self-indulgent. In the <laughs> I think it was um, something on on the short content, long content. Yeah. Um, Interesting moment to moment. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. You did. You did remind me. It was like, um, it because there are videos that I love that are three minutes long and videos that are three hours long. But it's almost like as long as you have good things to say, it doesn't really matter what. Yeah. You know, because it's like you're never your decision to keep watching or stop watching doesn't really matter on what the number is. It's just how compelled your interest is and. Um, there's there's very long videos that do keep my interest the whole time and i'm also a very big repeat watcher oh yeah uh, i a quality culture is good I need to oh see yeah you've heard of them yeah yeah i found quality culture because they have this feature film length essentially documentary on hayao yes, miyazaki I need to watch that one i think it's the maybe best video essay i've ever watched okay like i've watched it like several times this year yeah and uh because i do a lot of motion graphics so i can just throw on tv in the Uh background because i'm uh not using my brain right (laughs) and like yeah this video is so good because like it's very pointedly about like his conflicting ideals Mm -hmm. and so like if you look at the chapters like they do split it into like nature uh war um heroines the present longing and then even within nature, it's like nature and Nausicaa, nature and mm-hmm. Totoro, nature. So they split it into sections and then subsections. Mm-hmm. They use all of his movies as circumstantial evidence for mm-hmm. the central argument they're making. And then on top of that, they use like historical context, like using documentary footage of like the making of these movies. They they wind up pulling in like old Japanese like articles that mm-hmm. they had translated. Mm-hmm. They read his like two autobiographies and like had those you know like they they use as much like evidence and like historical stuff as they humanly could yeah. to like make their cases yeah and it's just one of these videos where you're, where you're like this is on point it's on task it's, right it's undistracted they're using as much evidence and like works cited as humanly possible and mm-hmm. it just it's just like a good ass video yeah and it's like the length of a whole movie right <laughs> it's just so cool to see that this is like possible now right it's there's plenty of channels that do that as well i feel like um as far as um oh look i left a comment <laughs> what'd you say I said, this was very helpful to me in the first video i've seen from your channel yeah i need to Thank watch you. more quality culture there's just so many channels like this is something i always come back to is i guess just like 
coping with living in the information age how you know like i start my smiling friends video by talking about how much media there is and how it's impossible even if you committed every hour of every day to like okay i'm gonna watch everything on netflix and amazon prime and all the other streaming services and then i'm gonna watch all these video essays and i'm gonna watch all of these music videos like the you, you, your lifetime couldn't consume a fraction of what there is out there to watch which is yeah which is great and terrifying and so i feel like how do you navigate like so much content like how do you choose i feel like the best way to go through that is to just follow your natural curiosity just yeah. whatever your intuition and whatever you're hyper fixating on now like it's like embrace yeah. that because that's the most fun and natural way to navigate what is an extremely unnatural pile of content yeah so something I, I did this year that i think uh maybe i'll do in just future years of my life i actually created a uh google doc it's like uh interests 2023 and every month I've been journaling like the things I was like just super into that month mm -hmm. and then because I think in some ways like the things that you are fixated in and like you're putting your time into and that to like feel things or learn things like does sort of color your memories mm -hmm. of that time mm -hmm. and so I think it will be interesting at the end of the year to like look back at January and be like oh yeah I was really into that and then it turned into this and so yeah. I, I need to do my little write-up on, like, what I was doing all of August. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm with you with there being so much media. And, like, to me, like, a lot of the stuff I wind up, like, spending a lot of, like, rewatch time with or, like, fixation time with is stuff that, like, was personally meaningful to me in, like, an emotional way or, like, a mental health way or, like, yeah. an, an, an epiphany way yeah, even. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, your video was really helpful. Honestly, I, there's been a lot of principles you talked about in that mm. uh spongebob video that genuinely has been i think helping me a bit lately Great. and then similar with quality culture um that you know the miyazaki video inspires mm -hmm. me as an artist a ton mm -hmm. and then frog and toad their video about mm -hmm. like simple living like was fantastic mm -hmm. and like it's it's this funny thing where when it's free time and it's time for me to just enjoy something, I can't think of anything to watch. Mm. And then when it's time yeah. for me to work, yeah, everything's I'm, the most appealing thing. I'm ever, like, yeah. oh, I could just play the new Zelda for the yeah. next month yeah. <laughs> straight and yeah, like not absolutely. even care about my accomplishments. Yeah. Are you a Jacob Geller enjoyer? I've never heard of him. Okay, pull up every Zelda is the darkest Zelda. Great segue. <laughs> that Jacob is Geller such Zelda. A, that is such a modern video essay ass it, title, dude. It's the first video I saw from him. <laughs> Because every video essay these days is like I'm just the boldest claim of all time. Dude, he does a great job supporting it. Well, it's it's well, it's I'm sure he. I'm not making fun <laughs> of the video. It's just yeah. it's just funny to me that video essays used to be like, here's this game I like, uh -huh. and then it turns into this video. Yeah. This video game is the darkest one. And I then, feel like so, so then trumping on top of that, every single one is the yeah. darkest one. Like it's this I, yeah. upping the ante. Every, right, every, right. I feel like the big thing I see is I did this. I blanked blank blank you oh, know I, I i did blank 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 here, blank, blank actually now that you say i that, ran a blank into blank it's so funny you say that watch, watch, watch this video that oh, came yeah. out literally today bought 400 horses and made them skydive i blew up a three yep. million dollar car <laughs> i ruined my 100 year old grandma's birthday by filling her house with nutella <laughs> i watched 14 000 minutes of mr beast interviews and destroyed my brain what else <laughs> yep 
I undermined 300 million Americans' faith in their election. <laughs> Man-carrying yeah. thing is so good at pointing out, like, what stupid thing other yeah, people Yeah, I've are... seen a few of his videos making fun of uh, video essay tropes. His, well, his whole channel is just making fun of, like, media tropes from both YouTube to Hollywood. And, like, I swear to God, when I make stuff now, this guy is in the back of my mind of, like, would man-carrying thing be making yeah. fun of me right yeah. now for how yeah. I'm doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, word. Um, okay, Jacob Geller. Yeah, so first video I saw from Jacob. Scroll a little bit more. Every Zelda is the darkest Zelda. Every Zelda is the darkest Zelda. Great video. Um, I love a 40-minute video. That's a good yeah, length. Yeah, it's a good length. Uh, and it is a dark video. Every time he's talking about Zelda, it's dark, but then he'll interlace. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Go back a little bit to human him in the grass. Yeah. And then he'll intersplice some wholesome. Oh, that's nice. Like, because he just was talking about a bunch of dark shit, and now it's like a little break from that. And then we go back into the dark shit. And he, he has a powerful mustache. He's got a great, <laughs> great facial hair. Wow. Um, but I don't want to spoil it, but there is something, <laughs> there is some creative editing done in this video that I really enjoy, possibly okay. where the most pre, most replayed mark is. Okay, but um, should I not be? Maybe not. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe watch it when you get a chance, okay. but there's some creative editing done in there that. You know, really affirmed. I guess I already knew, but this was my first time seeing it in action where I was like, oh, like the stuff you can do with this medium of video essays, of course, is fundamentally different than what you can do with like a written essay. Like your yeah. ability to be nonlinear, to use music and sound effects it's, and visual effects, you know, it's yeah. like, wait a minute, there's, there's so much you can do. And like, you know, one thing I love about YouTube video essays is while we're often aiming at very serious and important topics, there's such a casual, like, grounded in earth, like, this is a fucking YouTube video. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. like, it's it's mostly made by, like, one person, you know, like, yeah. for the internet to watch for free. And so I love that that takes, like, the shackles of formality away and it can be more loose and, like, literally like filled with absurdist memes and bullshit but you're actually still like talking about real shit i think about that a lot because like i, I was pretty much an a b student in high school and i took honors classes but like mm -hmm. i remember when we wrote essays in our english class our yeah. te our teacher would like give us like a score and like nine yeah. was the highest and i never got a nine and i remember she would give you like a little special like thingy you know like here you got a nine and mm -hmm. it'd feel all special right mm -hmm. and i remember sometimes that somebody had like a particularly well-written passage she would like read it in front of the class the next day you know and that never happened for me and i always had this thing where i was like i want to write that well and i i think about like how kind of as you're saying like there's this casualness you know mm -hmm. and i i picture like if i was in high school english class and maybe i wrote a point a little bit too casually yeah. I'm sure it would get, like, red-penned, marked yeah. up. But it's ironic because if you do, you know, because that's coming from, like, an academia, like, standpoint. Yeah. Which has its, you know, place and validity. Uh -huh. But if you think about just, like, how humans, like, learn and pay attention, we've kind of found that video essays are, like, you know, using mm -hmm. sound and visuals and then mm -hmm. also, like, personal casualness mm -hmm. really actually helps people learn shit and oh, be yeah. interested in shit. And that's why it is a meme like, yeah. like my pleasure is watching a four-hour video essay on uh -huh. a video game I've never heard of, right? Right, right. And it is interesting that, like, you can draw people in and yeah. get people to, like, really, like, want to learn a bunch by uh -huh. using kind of non-scholarly-type yeah. techniques. Right, right. Like, I think about how, like, when you give PowerPoints 
in school they say like put a put supporting interesting stuff on the slides don't just write on the slides what you're gonna say mm-hmm. word for word and then write it and then mm-hmm. just say it because what's the point of even having it up there then yeah, yeah. but in a way it's like why not maybe yeah you know because yeah. if everybody's looking up there and listening to you it's like that you know yeah. so there's just like all these rules that, right right you know and I'm a, I'm a very big visual learner so that's why i just use the simple red arrow it's like this is literally exactly what i'm looking at what i'm pointing out right yeah. here look right here um and so yeah like i definitely want to get better at my motion graphics and stuff too because i think being able to show exactly what you're talking about while you're talking about it, going back to what you're saying of yeah. showing the perfect clip. God, dude, that takes so long for a one-hour video. Um, yeah, um, you're, you're telling me. That's what <laughs> yeah, I did. yeah, what you're doing right now. Like, it is so hard for a one-hour video to get, you know, most of it up to speed with like good edits and pacing. But it really does make such a difference. Like when you are showing what you're talking about while you're talking about it, I feel like it drives the point home. I don't know, because there's also videos I watch or listen to where it's just a person talking or it's just a voice talking, and I can imagine everything that they're saying. Um, But I guess it's just just a balance that everyone finds, how edited you want it to be. I mean, there I, there are some channels I watch that are very casual in their approach. Like, it is mostly just footage of them talking to camera, yeah. and their clips are kind of whatever. But because they're just good writers, or maybe they yeah. even just create, like, a like a appealing vibe, yeah. even. It's just pleasant to yeah. watch or listen to. It's like, then it doesn't anger me, per yeah. se. I think sometimes there's other videos that, like posture themselves as being this really good polished like professional video but then it's like i can tell it's kind of half trying uh-huh. and then i'm just like oh you don't deserve yeah. all this praise yeah. you didn't yeah. try that hard right and there's like you can take it as seriously as you want to like i think an important part of me of of doing level one rock is taking myself a little less seriously you yeah. know like um it it kind of feels like that to me of more just like I made this because I want to talk about stuff that I like. It's just sharing the thoughts yeah. and feelings that I have um, and not overly taking it seriously. I reserve the right to remain a level one rock. You yeah. Know? Um, well, it's I, I, I texted you about um, the freaking here. I texted you about your Eminem video with the the six minute rule. Yeah, that video kind of bombed. So this video, (laughs) you 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 explain that Rap God was written in six minutes. Yeah, and so now in life you should take your increments of six minutes. You know, and and then you said this video is a complete shit post filled (laughs) with fake news, basically. You know, I I stand by it because I fundamentally stand by I'm gonna make whatever I want to make, and I wanted to make that, so I did. I like I mean I like the video. Thank you. I think it's my least so is it successful video? Is it all lies? Um, Is the rap god story like completely made up? No, he actually does do everything in six minutes. This is actually his. I mean, I don't want to spoil what's in the video, but this is this is how Eminem built his empire. And okay, so he actually builds his empire by doing things using in six the six minutes, minutes rule. Yeah, uh, that's a yeah. thing he heralds around. Right. Yeah. So for you, is the shit postiness of this then just you acting like this is like, you know, <sighs> a feasible technique for everyone? You know, <sighs> I guess if. To, to be completely honest about this, I have a, I guess, a complicated relationship with 
videos like this because okay. I I I make fun of that type of stuff, you know, like you can 10x your productivity, you can the 40x Gary your pro- the Gary V and Grant Cardone shit. It's like <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's a complicated thing because I consider myself someone who's really into self improvement. So I yeah. I have nothing wrong with the the simple humble pursuit of trying to better one's life, but there's plenty of that, and um, I see. Uh, I spend a little time on LinkedIn at my job, and I see a lot of LinkedIn posts that are very much like that. I think that's kind of the, the nature of bro shit. yeah, and it's and it's just really big in like the corporate world, like oh like. Everyone's out there using ChatGPT, but 99% of them don't even know the top seven tricks. To, and and it's like I just get so annoyed with the with with that premise. And like, can't we just be honest about what is this really gonna 10x my productivity, or am I gonna like learn a convenient trick? Can we just like be honest? Like yeah. this will help out. I have a valuable trick right here. I don't know. So I guess I was kind of making fun of making fun of those types of just completely shallow shallow like fake guru productivity shit yeah um no i mean and also i just love six minutes like it just feels it just feels good to say six minutes and to do things in six minutes and i think it's uh a fantastic strategy that (laughs) you could achieve any level of success as proven by eminem it was a very funny video, and I also was procrastinating that day, and then I, like, set a timer for six minutes, and I did, like, all my laundry. Yeah, yeah, as soon as you realize that an hour is just ten blocks of six minutes, that's that's the paradigm shift that gets That fucked people. me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, it's a video I made, and it's there, but it's the only one where I'm not saying things I actually believe every other... That's, that's why I felt kind of weird about it, because it's like, oh, like... I have all these video essays where I'm actually talking about yeah. things I like, and then there's that one, but it's okay. Well, I think a lot of the channels that are really successful, or maybe the, a lot of the people we like, if they're not um, consistent with uh, the topic they talk about, then maybe at the very least they're like tonally consistent. Mm. And so I think maybe something you, yeah. you and I have in common is like, Am I allowed to be like this serious channel and yeah. then also this funny meme channel? Yeah, and you think about that because it's like the question of like, how much am I choosing my next video topic because I want to make it? And how much am I choosing my next video topic because I think it will grow the channel? Or like fit and, an identity. Yeah, and it's like maybe you go half and half on every video. Maybe you're always trying to make stuff that like you think has a chance of being because yeah. I guess the way to think about it, at least the way I do, is like all that the algorithm cares about is maximizing time on YouTube. Right. And that doesn't mean, you know, like when someone watches one of your videos, if they go and watch another one of your videos, that's like best case scenario for you. But if they go watch another YouTube video after yours, that's all that YouTube cares about. They don't care if they're watching more of your videos, they care if you're watching more of that's YouTube. Su- that's such a good point. I will see like okay my videos like I don't even necessarily want to call them serious but it's like I'm I'm trying to like make a point in yeah. like a somewhat professional way but then th- this Spider-Man video I made I was just so goddamn mad about how they were marketing that Spider-Man movie and mm-hmm. how like their mm-hmm. their entire marketing tactic was just let's just spoil the whole movie to get people to want to go wow and like so I decided to like just make this video in, yeah, in a ranting. I well, yeah, it's just me ranting and like yeah. using really funny pictures and like I literally, <laughs> I 
I li- hey. I literally made this video in one eight hour sitting. Amazing. You know, and I just made it real silly. And I had a lot of fun making it. You know, I got a few thousand views where mm-hmm. like, you know, these podcasts more so get like a few hundred views. Mm-hmm. So it is like higher than average, sure. you know, than like my average post per se. And it was just fun making this. And I was like, you know what? I don't fucking care that someone could go for me talking right. about serious <laughs> Yeah. Stuff, like why not to commit suicide and then yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah no literally getting angry about and that's it. the okay this is the crazy thing too is like yeah as we're entering the world we're, we're all becoming more aware of parasocial relationships oh, and, yeah. and and things like that i can say as as someone who's now starting to make content and i'm sure you've because you've been doing this longer than me it's so funny how you know you make a video and then the timelessness of that in that that version of you saying those things is there forever it's so funny to get comments on a video that I put up a few months ago and it's only a few months. It's not even like a few years. I'm like getting comments. It's like, dude, I'm over this. I said this like three months ago. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Uh, But like to them, it's like, you just said it and it's like fresh and new. And yeah. And in years, like, you know, I, I know that happens all the time where people are still getting like comments about like videos from years ago. And it's like, dude, like, I've moved on. Like, oh yeah, well, dude, I put out the Donald Glover Kanye video last year. You uh-huh. know what? You know what kind of comments I'm getting oh, this year? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what kind of neo Nazi shit <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I'm this sure year? I'm sure it's terrible. Yeah, I had a brief moment where I considered taking down the video because yeah. I just felt so like bad about all the recent Kanye yeah. shit, and I never really decided to just like leave That's it. That's the other thing. Is leave like, it up. Context changes. Like going back to like. You post a video and then there's like a chance it might get like an algorithm boost, but also it just happens in very unpredictable ways. Like, um, and you never know when a context change will happen in the world that makes your video different. Like, that's a context change. Well, see, I, I, in my case, I was very intentional with that video until like, and I even prefaced this at the beginning, even if people kind of miss it. I was like, I'm going to be not only specifically talking about them as artists and that mythos, but like during this year of 2013, Mm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that is what we're talking about here. And so I kind of did intentionally create this like personal life separation Mm. in terms of like, we're not necessarily talking about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then sure enough, the next year he goes on to do and say the worst shit he's ever done. And so I'm like, all right, this video actually technically still works, but Uh it still doesn't feel great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, getting YouTube, I don't know. I similarly like the late night video is like my biggest one. And to be honest, like a lot of the comments are from conservative people who just hate all of these hosts for being like woke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a leftist who made this video. Mm. And so it's very funny because like every day now, mm-hmm. still like two years later, I get comments from people being like, right. And a lot of times your video is just the place to talk about like these late night shows, for example, yeah. like this is the most relevant place to contribute to this conversation. So it's not even about like you, Zane, like it's no. just, this is the playground for this conversation. Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting is like, I, I don't know if you've started to get this yet, but I'll get some comments that clearly are talking to me more as like <laughs> me, Zane, the guy who made this and other people where they're just having like a forum discussion yeah. about the topic of the thing I made. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of like what you're describing. And yeah. so... 
to me, I've just chalked it down to being interesting because yeah. I'm like, because it is like an interesting way to like learn about yeah. the world and yeah. like these opinions that are out there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's a guy out there who likes this and feels yeah. this way about that and is talking right. like this. Right. And like, I feel like in some ways my worldview has yeah. like broadened a bit yeah. because of it. It's so weird too because it's subjective how they watch their video. You don't know if they watched your whole video and then commented or they watched two minutes and then said some dog shit and then left. <laughs> I've gotten a zillion. In comments that say why don't you mention Craig Ferguson and to be fair I, I do barely talk about him but there is a section about him it's mm-hmm. like less than a minute long but it is there okay. and every now and again I'll get like a self reply that says like my bad <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't finish it yet when I wrote that Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing Yeah, YouTube comments are like so funny yeah. it's like better Twitter to me yeah I, I'm you know, you definitely learn how to distance yourself from it a healthy amount. Like, yeah. Well, I just heard like so many celebrities say that like they're mentally healthier because they just don't look at comments or tweets yeah. in any way. And I'm like, all right, that seems to be a pretty good golden rule. So. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's weird because like I feel like you make videos like mostly to serve, I guess ideally, mostly to serve that like 10% core audience that likes your videos for you. And it's like, they're watching you because no matter what topic you're exploring, they're just interested in how you explore ideas and your yeah. creative voice and things like that. And that maybe it's like a 10% core audience. Maybe it's like 5%, but uh, that's, that's the most important audience. Of course, like you'll get big boosts here and there because you talk about like different, different subjects. Like, I don't know. Again, with my smiling friends video, like giving me a good start. I don't know if that was just because it got some algorithm juice. Like um, it was my first video, but if I were to hypothesize, it would just go back to. Um, th- I believe they just want people to spend as much time on YouTube as possible. So it's just like rabbit holes, right? Like so, if there's already this is just my hypothesis. If there's already so many like smiling friends uh video essays and smiling friends content out there and this one could could um you know add to that pipeline add to that um kind of uh cyclical content suggestion then and maybe be an entry point then then they're gonna use it but i think that like you just kind of made like a just like perfectly well-made digestible <laughs> video in the sense Thanks. that like you you your style reminds me a lot of emp lemon where like your graphics are extraordinarily simple but like effective like this meme on screen uh-huh. like I, you clearly just took a picture and wrote text, <laughs> text yeah and like bada bing bada boom uh-huh. but, but your point being made is like super right. easy Thanks. to understand memes are the language of the internet yeah and like similarly every single clip example you use i remember was on task you weren't just letting random b-roll play while you talk your narration and your writing was like very to the point. And anytime you sprinkled in like your own personal humor, Mm. it was like good. And then also like kind of brief and like not self-indulgent. And so to me, like I think sometimes videos like this really take off because it's like this algorithm thing of like, people watching a video that's really good from a channel that has no following, which I think makes people excited because it makes them feel like I've just found a gem. Right. And so in a way, like I think maybe you did just crack the algorithm thing of just, if you have a really good effective first video, YouTube is just like, this will make people happy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's um, how I looked at it. Yeah. Well, um, I was like, it's just a great first video. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad you think that I'm, I'm glad it did. I feel like I tried to, and with every video, I try and 
add something to the conversation that hasn't been said, or at least that I see hasn't yeah. been said, because you never know. Because um, there, I you know, I watched a bunch of other Smiling Friends videos. That's like, what okay. I was going to ask. Yeah, because there was just you know a very new show, just one season out, like eight episodes, I think. Yeah. Eleven minutes each. And so it's still very new. And there are a few videos that I saw just talking about just general appreciation for it and watch this new show. I didn't see any attacking it from the angle of like this. It's it's important that the first episode was the first episode, you know, mm. like I kind of say at the end. There's a number of episodes that they could have made the first episode and would have succeeded conceptually, in my opinion. Like this is just a good concept. And now I get the point of the show. But I, I love and admire the balls of the show to, in the first episode, confront someone who's so depressed and suicidal, he's, like, actively holding a gun to his head. Like, they're not shying away at all from what the show is trying to do, who it's trying to reach to, who's trying to speak to. Yeah. And um, so I thought, I thought it was a phenomenal way to, again, going back to the conciseness of videos, whether it's every frame of painting or an 11-minute well-written episode of television, it's, like, to... To set up that premise, explore it, unpack it, and then, um, again, go watch the episode if you haven't already, but spoiler for the end of the episode, like, they don't even, they don't even convince Desmond to not kill himself. It's not even like the Smiling Friends did their job, and yeah. they're like, no, you should be happy because friendship power, and he's like, yeah. you're right, friendship power, I guess I'll just stop being depressed, like, he, he kind of, like, has the last word in the argument, and they're ready to throw in the towel, and then he stumbles his way into finding a purpose for himself yeah and i like that so much more i think because getting through to people like i consider myself someone who's um used to be more nihilistic and cynical um and and working on being more like optimistic and stuff like you people like me and people like that i think don't ever like the silly sugar-coated positive message of just like oh, we're just going to put, like, the happy lesson at the end of the episode, and there's your magic answer, and it's that simple. Like, I don't yeah. know. It, it it felt way more satisfying that Desmond really got to explain for himself, like, his meaninglessness in the universe, and then for him to find something himself. You know, they didn't yeah. have to tell him. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, actually really quick. I think sure. I'm going <laughs> to... You're good. Can I actually get a quick bathroom break? Is yeah, yeah, go cool. for it. It's uh, right there. It's fun. So with Smiling Friends, I had like never heard of it. And then my older brother came over once just for like a quick amount of time. Uh -huh. And we, we have a very similar sense of humor. And mm. I've said this before, like so much of my identity in terms of like what I'm into is because of him. Like I think of like every single one of my favorite bands or like shows that I got into or comedy that I got into when I was younger. And I'm like, damn, Sean showed me that. Mm. Sean showed me mm -hmm. that. So it's only been like as an adult, you know, now I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't just have, I'm not just like yeah. living with this guy showing me cool <laughs> stuff all the time. Cause he's like three years ahead. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so sure enough, he came over once and he was like, you want to see uh, like an episode of this new adult swim show? It's like really good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, sure. And he throws on the pilot and I instantly like love the art style. Mm -hmm. And instantly I was like looking at it. I'm like, wow, this is like an art style I haven't seen before, but it feels familiar somehow. Mm -hmm. The colors they're using are awesome. Mm -hmm. It clearly has its own personality. And my first takeaway in that sense was like, 
oh, this is like the new one. Like this is the new thing. Like we did Rick and Morty, mm. which is still gonna exist. I'm mm. not saying it's over. Yeah. But I was just like, no, I think, smiling friends is up next for sure. Yeah, and I think like culturally we go through these eras. Like we were in the SpongeBob era uh-huh. for so long, and then eventually, yeah. it, you know, it became the Adventure Time era. Yeah. As like this is the new like the it cartoon, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. And it's like the original thing doesn't even have to die, but it's just like after enough time, some new visionary creator yeah. comes out with a thing that it just yeah. feels undeniable. Like yeah. everyone's gonna love Which this. Which I think might often be like the generation that was inspired by the previous thing. Exactly. Now it's their turn to make stuff, and so because I feel like uh, the Smiling Friends um, show has to be influenced by SpongeBob on some levels. I like. Oh yeah. They have a couple moments where they do like the extreme close up, and it's like a live action like disgusting shot yeah which like I felt the spongebob like, shot felt like a nod to spongebob there were a couple of those that i really liked um well i'm but, sure it just like the people when they're younger and they see this stuff it just colors our sense of humor and like what yeah. we think of like as a joke yeah and so exactly. for them like they might even subconsciously just think like it's a joke to do that yeah <laughs> you know? yeah exactly <laughs> on on subject of like people that show you so many things that you like like yeah i had an older sister who put me onto a lot of things uh, my friend Josh, shout out to Josh on lunch. Uh, he has put me on to so many creators and, and artists and stuff. Uh, I think one of the best video essays he put me on to, I don't know if you've heard of CJ the X. No. I have to credit Josh for putting me on to them. But oh. CJ the X is already incredibly good. They're already goaded. Okay, but um, I'll, yeah, and... You know, you could watch... You can watch Bo Burnham versus Jeff Bezos is a classic one. That sounds good. I, um, a, a few more things I, I want to say about the Smiling Things pilot is, oh, I've seen this guy. Yeah. Or uh, not guy. I don't know. Are they non-binary? They're non-binary. Okay. This person. My bad. <laughs> I had a hunch. Yeah. But they're fantastic <laughs> because, you know, you see that's a two and a half hour video. And yeah. I think their channel header is extremely accurate. It's, I'm not talking too fast, you're listening too slow. They they talk insanely fast for, uh, okay. for like two and a half hours, and it's fantastic. Like That might be hard for me, honestly, but I will watch it. Yeah, it's. I think uh, they're already making incredible videos, and their potential is so high, it's crazy. That's awesome. I Yeah, when I was... Uh watching the smiling friends pilot like i wasn't even really thinking about it in like an analyzing way the way you did about like Mm. mental health stuff i was just kind of enjoying it as like some new comedy and animation right and when it cuts to the shot of like the dude they're helping desmond yeah i just lost it like i was laughing so fucking hard Uh when they showed that guy and just how decrepit they drew him and then do you do you know who the voice actor is? Oh yeah, for the, Red Letter Media. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. that guy just has the funniest voice. Yeah, so yeah. then like when a lot of people love him, yeah, they're yeah. You're like, oh, I I'm gonna cook a pizza roll, or like you know, it's just like no, he's got the perfect voice. Yeah, so when he answered the door and he just had a gun to it, like yeah. I just was laughing so fucking yeah. hard and. It's interesting because, like, obviously, like, Rick and Morty is animated a little bit more polished, you know, Mm -hmm. visually. And then it has such a, you know, nihilist, Mm post-ironic, breaking the fourth wall, Mm -hmm. kind of post-Deadpool, like, Mm -hmm. uh, sensibility. Mm -hmm. And Smiling Friends, so far, they're not not doing any wall breaking, so it is very grounded within its own world. And then as far as its sensibility, like... Yeah. It's all... I mean, not to... 
be all like oh it's post-ironic post whatever but but like it is it's in this interesting zone where it is really nihilist and it is Mm -hmm. like really extreme Mm -hmm. but then at the same time like i don't know i haven't even really thought about it enough to like have like i guess like a perfect thought on this i guess that's that's definitely i think why smiling friends feels so refreshing to me at least is because of coming off of cynicism and nihilism it's it's very refreshing to be like yeah yeah we all know that we're nothing in the universe like we're right. so tiny it's meaninglessness but are we just gonna like live with that our whole lives because this kind of sucks like you still want to live yeah comfortable and improve your quality of life so it's like kind of coming out of that you know rick and morty era of like, yeah uh not saying that that defined it but to your point earlier about like cartoons having their time um if I it, feel like it's 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 very refreshing, probably to a lot of people, to have something where unironically the point of each episode is like fighting the good fight, like optimism, <laughs> like happiness. You know, it's just like yeah. the fundamentals of like goodness. You know, that's why I think Smiling Friends is so simple and important. Like, yeah, I felt like yeah, that that's a great way of putting it. I, I felt like philosophically, it felt like the logical next step yeah. of where we coming were coming back around of where we were gonna go after mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. But then also in terms of how like Rick and Morty has primed us for like what to laugh at and stuff. Mm-hmm. Smiling Friends does have this sense of just showing something really like scary or fucked up just mm-hmm. like you know whether it's desmond just answering the door with his gun to his head yeah or when uh prim is like running away from that forest monster it's oh, just like yeah. jesus christ oh yeah and that reminds me of like very classic adult swim with like aqua teen hunger force and just like how like weird mm-hmm. and grungy like the animation yeah. can get you no, know absolutely and how just like jarring and unsettling yeah. things can yeah. be. It's very satisfying in a lot of ways. I haven't finished Smiling Friends. I think I've watched about five episodes of it or so, but the Mr. Frog episode is like... So good. Because it's horrifying yeah. when Mr. Frog just eats people. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're just oh, yeah. at danger of being yeah, eaten. And, and he had the most successful show. This is a star. This yeah, guy he's, is a movie star. Well, they have a scene where he's on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's so no, fucking it's incredible. Fun. I think Shrimpina is one of my favorite episodes. I saw that one yeah yeah i just love the character shrimp yeah watching that show i i feel like on my toes the whole time watching Uh it like i don't like i don't feel safe for the characters like (laughs) at all yeah no 100 like the drop of a hat some like a character like mr frog could just yeah (laughs) i think that's a big part of adult swim shows is you know they they're so good at subverting the traditional formula you know they're so good at subverting expectations i want to talk to you about your new one crisis catastrophe and spongebob so you talk about a lot, so you kind of explain how, as an adult, you're more able to see that the comedy writers of original Spongebob were actually really basing a lot of their jokes, if you break down the POV of them, of dreading existentialism, aging, crisis, mm-hmm. anxiety, and depression, and, you know, while some people maybe could say, you're reading too much into it, bro, mm-hmm. if you really do look at the subtext of a lot of the jokes that, like, you know, as a kid, they made us laugh so hard because they're just expertly presented jokes. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about, like, what the joke is, like, for instance, right here. Like, uh, 300 years ago. This is your natural habitat. This is 
eyes are wide open range. Like, you know, clearly that's coming from an adult writer who had a, you know, who's experienced having a feeling a, that is being expressed there. Like, as a kid, like, that's funny, but yeah. now as an adult, you're like, okay, this guy probably had some shitty job at yeah. one point, and now he's, like, making a joke, like, yeah. this is where you live now, right? And so you, you use Spongebob to talk about all these, like, you know, emotional and existential subjects, mm -hmm. and then you tie that in with, uh, like, actual psychological research and principles uh, to kind of talk about helpful concepts that can help the viewer. Mm -hmm. And as a viewer, I thought the video was very, very good. Thank you. I feel like it's, you know, the, the thing about how art you reflects life. You I accidentally, know, had, accidentally had two of you talking at once, my good. bad. <laughs> you know the thing about like how art reflects life, like people will be like, oh, I read The Art of War by Sun Tzu when I was 10 and it meant this to me. Then I read it at 20 and it meant this to me in 30 and 40 and 50. Um, I think that's just part of the human condition is like the meaning that you read into things, you draw out of things. That's also like a constantly changing, rotating thing. And... Um, that's really what the premise of starting this video was to me was like, you know, obviously we all love SpongeBob because it's funny when we're kids, you get a little older and be like, okay, the witty humor was actually like really good here. And then I just found myself so interested in those episodes. I was like, wait a minute, the whole plot of multiple episodes is like someone's freaking out. And then the big punchline is at the end, we find out there was nothing wrong the whole time. That's procrastination and squid's day off. Like, Spongebob and Squidward lose their minds the whole episode. There was never a problem. And midlife crustacean, I wouldn't say there isn't a problem. Like, Mr. Krabs has a midlife crisis. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like the older you get, the more you can recognize, like, what you perceive as genuine writing. And I've mentioned this in the Smiling Friends video. I believe why they were capable of writing an episode like that that's like confronting someone who's completely hopeless and nihilistic. Um, to write an effective episode like that, they most likely spent some time with those emotions themselves. These aren't outsiders. They're, you know, probably one or more people on the creative team back there had gone through, uh, most likely all of them had gone through like dark times. And I think having that real perspective is what makes your insight actually valuable you know and so when i look at uh, an episode like procrastination or squid's day off you know it's like absolutely this could just be written as like a conflict that has nothing to do with anything the actual writers have gone through but i feel like the best writing being honest writing that's just what it feels like to me like you're able to write about how catastrophizing can ruin your whole day, how there was nothing wrong in your day the whole day, but you thought there was the whole time because you've actually done that, Yeah, you know? And then I started to like, see like, this is stuff that like I'm actually doing. So I don't know if any of the writers actually like lived through that themselves, but the writing seems to, um, seems to me, seems like an expression of those feelings. And yeah. I think that's, that's something really awesome about cartoons. There's a, quote I can send you that Steven Hillenburg said about like how um, the people making cartoons now are just the previous generation that watched the previous thing. Um, when you make an episode like Midlife Crustacean, you're not expecting the eight-year-olds watching it to get it, but when they become 28, you know, like 
and the things that entertained them just because it was like silly and funny on the surface um, is like the nostalgia that brings you back to something that really all along had like a very honest, pers- you know, uh, infusion of fear. Well, I remember at this. Yeah, it's kind of just masterful writing where it's like on the most surface of surface level. It's just really funny gags. Like as a kid, you think it's funny to see Mr. Krabs have to eat a giant fucking pill yeah. go down his throat. It's funny to see right. this boy like escorting him around, like right. he's like you know immobilized or something. Like just that. That's conceptually funny. And then you realize like it is coming from like a real human perspective yeah. place of like what it feels like to get older and stuff. And so as a kid, like you you understand the the general premise of the joke, like mm-hmm. oh ha ha, he's old and he feels bad mm-hmm. about it, ha. But then you know as you get older, you kind of realize like how real of a feeling that mm-hmm. is, you mm-hmm. know. And then it just feels even better written. Yeah. And like, you know, I think when I was starting film school and I was trying to be a good writer and I was like really struggling. I had realized that a lot of my favorite films came from a place of, like, trying to say something. And I think, like, you know, my early writing habits that weren't that good yet was, like, I would think of something I really felt inside. And I would think, okay, I'm going to try to make a movie that says this. So I would have, Mm -hmm. like, here's a commentary about life I'm trying to say, like, written down. And now I'm just trying to arbitrarily, like construct a story around that that can somehow get to that point Mm -hmm. which never really got me anywhere you know Mm -hmm. and seeing something like spongebob like it is clear that they're just taking like little everyday feelings and they're Mm -hmm. just presenting it and hyperbolizing it you know like we all know what it looks like to like look in the mirror and not like how you look you know and so for them, they're just like, okay, let's just have Mr. Krabs reveal that he has, like, yeah. 12 chins. Yeah. Or like, let's have Squidward, you know, embody the, the run-down adult and have right. him kick his bicycle and have it for no reason explode. Yeah. Because, yeah. That, because, like, that's hilarious. But yeah. all, Whoops. Because that's hilarious, but that's also, like, how it feels yeah. inside, even right. though it is so hyperbolized. Right. And that's why it's so funny. Yeah. A point that Jacob makes in that Every Zelda is the Darkest Zelda video, it's like, when you're a kid and you watch stuff that's like designed for kids but does carry uh, more meaning like Zelda or even SpongeBob, it's like as a kid, even though you don't fully understand it, you still can sense that like something's there, you know, like there's yeah. still something more there, like watching SB129 as a kid when Squidward's in like nothingness and like the white room, like we don't know exactly what that was or what that meant. It was weird and uncomfortable. And I feel like that's all it needed to be. Like, you know, that something's there that you'll probably understand more later. And, um, I think that's, that's such a classic episode. I'll tell you now, like, I think I want to do a video that's fixing that list of the top 100 episodes that I mentioned. Oh yeah. Catastrophe and SpongeBob. You want to do a better top 100 (laughs) list? Obviously with, with the the joke being that this was votes from kids and obviously i'm not trying to flex my taste on them but i think it's really interesting because that's what we as kids voted i don't know if you voted in this 20 years ago no but but every now and again i would vote for the kids choice awards yeah go on nickelodeon.com i think it's indicative of you know it's what the kids were saying were their favorite episodes at the time but most people consider the first three seasons of spongebob like the golden era and then yeah i think uh, season four, four is like okay. hit or miss. Yeah, there's some so good stuff. That there. list came out right after four aired, so that's why there's a lot of classics in there, but then also some hit or miss. And yeah. I think the fact that four just came out and it's like newer animation and it was the it latest and greatest. Shiny. I think that spiked. I think that inflated its votes. Um, but 
I I would I think I'm gonna uh, do a video kind of fixing yeah. that top 100 list because it's like when <laughs> if you were to show like a baby or an alien who had never heard of SpongeBob at all, like why is this like one of the biggest shows ever like i consider it like one of the greatest if not the greatest show of my generation's childhood it's like what's the big deal with spongebob you're not going to show them fucking karate island and dunces and dragons you know what's okay it's so funny you say that actually (laughs) because for one i'll just briefly say i actually really liked the dunces and dragons (laughs) episode just because i'll hear you out as a kid, I just thought it was fun, and sure. and the Flash Player game they made for it on Nick.com was really <laughs> good, you know? Okay. And sometimes I liked, like, spin-off things, like like the, the Caveman episode, right? Like, oh, I get to see them as mm-hmm. cavemen. Mm-hmm. Like, that. sometimes that kind of special engagement episode can type thing can feel, like, a little special and fun. But you're right. Like, the writing of it is kind of coming from nowhere. It's yeah. just kind of randomness, and it's just not as funny or yeah. poignant as these other episodes. Yeah. On the other hand, Karate Island, I forgot about that episode and how fucking bad it was. Yeah. I remember when that episode came out, it yeah. was one of those flags in the sand of, yeah. like, Spongebob is different now, uh-huh. like, visually and tonally. Yeah. And I think when we were kids and it was happening to us in real time, like, we could sense it, but not as well as we can now in hindsight. Point it, yeah. And, like, yeah, dude, that episode, I forgot about it completely, but I remember now, because of you, mm-hmm. they used to rerun it. Every, like, fucking day. Dude. Do you remember that? Dude, it was the number one episode. I I am shocked by that. When yeah. you showed that top 100 and uh-huh. procrastination, what uh-huh. I learned in boating school uh-huh. is, was uh-huh. last. Uh-huh. That And Karate Island yeah. was highest. So, you know what's that crazy? That blew my mind. I was slightly wrong, because I thought... I remember them advertising this. I thought it was because there was a total of 100 episodes... They were doing this. There was like 40 episodes that didn't make the list. From so, from the original three seasons? So that list is of like four seasons. Okay. And, and so there's some four and some one through three that are on the list. And it's atrocious. Like some of the bangers some that the... didn't make the list. That's why I need to fix it and put the actual top 40 that aren't on the list out to the side. Get the actual top 100. If it, So, okay, I have two suggestions. What's one, up? if you want to just keep your top 100 to the first 100 episodes made and mm-hmm. anything after that doesn't make the cut, mm-hmm. maybe that could be a good way maybe. to go. I want to fix their list. May, I think. I know. Well, I, I feel you. I, I I guess like if episode 105 is really good, then yeah. maybe you should include it yeah, and just yeah. make it the true best 100. Yeah. Uh, if you want to make an extra long video and throw me in there and have us compare notes, like, <laughs> oh my God. we both do our 98, we yeah. both do our 97, I'd oh be down God. to join you. It'd be a six-hour video. I could join you for the last 10 yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Okay. But, yeah, All no. my people reach out to your people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if not, it's totally fine. But, for yeah, sure. that, that sounds super fun. Like, I uh, a few months ago, I got together with some friends, and we had the idea to like bring back some food and some wine and then we just like took turns choosing an episode of spongebob to watch and there was like three of us yeah so i picked one and then he picked one and then he picked one and so we, we must have watched like seven or eight that night yeah we were laughing so hard oh yeah Holds like up. as yeah. it because there, there's some stuff that i thought was hilarious as a kid that like these days it just doesn't even make me laugh out loud anymore mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate it. It's good. I don't even think it's bad. But, like, it just... It doesn't elicit anything out of me. Like, that... It's just... It's been fried. Yeah. SpongeBob, on the other hand, I was, like, barreling over laughing at yeah. some of the jokes. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I think it's, like, some of the greatest comedy yeah. writing. You of, tried like... to kill me over some new age management. Like, 
Oh my god, this type of stuff is like he really just said that. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god, like I'm trying to subsidiary of Viacom as a banger. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. When you point, I was like, oh, I don't even yeah. like I like I kind of remember that now. Oh yeah, and just going back to like the uh, the you know infusion of genuine fears like he got that clip of mrs puff saying like sorry i'm late i just got caught in the whole i'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life thing and it's yeah. like they just threw that in there man like yeah well also <laughs> like they didn't yeah. have to do that i remember i think we watched the first dollar episode like uh-huh. when they go out on the boat uh, and like yeah, i forgot yeah. like, like mr krabs goes like just fully batshit insane yeah. oh yeah yeah you know yeah for his millionth dollar yeah yeah millionth dollar yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, have you seen, um, I bet if you just search back on the grill, it'll come up, the Krusty Crew Anthem. Oh, <laughs> I actually want to make a video about that video. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, so lately something I've been grappling with is like, I, I, I've been making more, it, j- just for the pursuit of making myself happier, making more things, simplifying the video making process Mm -hmm. and having more things to upload on my channel to Mm -hmm. just make it a little bit more consistent. Mm -hmm. I've been making simpler videos lately, like stuff of me just like talking to camera about life or whatever. Mm -hmm. When it comes to these like media commentary videos, I've been wondering how casual I want to go before Mm -hmm. it feels like it just belongs on a side channel. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe this will be a side channel thing because it's not going to be that deeply analytical, but I kind of want to just make a video nerding out about the Krusty yeah. Crew Anthem yeah. because I think it's like... Yeah, yeah. no, it's I, fantastic. Let's just watch it because, yeah. like, dude, my thing about this video is it's, like, animated insanely well. Mm-hmm. It got a dumb amount of views mm-hmm. in, like, a week. Yeah. It became the number one song on, like, Spotify or whatever. <laughs> I found out this isn't even official. This is fan made. Uh-huh. Like the, ori- yeah. the the original musicians didn't commission this. I went in the credits. The producer who made the beat, uh-huh. he had the number one song on Spotify, and he didn't. He has a YouTube like gaming channel, I guess. Nice. He didn't even make a YouTube video about Krusty Crew <laughs> Anthem. Like this dude literally is riding high. Uh-huh. Like this was like way after it blew up. That's so funny. So, like, this dude's riding high with the number one song in America, and he's uh-huh. just not even acknowledging just it, chilling. just posting Best of Mario That's Party just or whatever. Chilling, dude. Like, every aspect of Krusty Crew, I'm just like, this is, like, a miracle this even exists. Yeah. Because it's animated, like... It's so good. So well. It's just unironically a great song. That's the that's the next part. <laughs> it's unironically an incredible drill yeah. song. Yeah. When I first heard it, I thought that all of the voices were like AI. And then my friends explained, no, these are guys just People rapping in SpongeBob impressions yeah, yeah. and they're making it like sound good. Yeah. Like, that's no, great. Like SpongeBob as a rap ad lib, like is like, ay, 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 oh, ay. that part is fired. But it, yeah. but it sounds like hard. Like uh-huh. it like actually goes. Yeah, Mr. Like, Krabs is like angry kind of. Mr. Krabs just sounds like, like, yeah. Well, well, they have Patrick sounding like Rick Ross, yeah, and they, and it's just like a good like fucking trap song, yeah. basically. Like yeah. here, I, earlier I said it was drill. I don't know if it actually, yeah. if you would call it drill, but I, it trap, I guess. Sure. But. Brand new bag for pro, but I didn't pay for it. Like just the detailed curl shaking her head for half a second there adds a lot yeah, to that shot. But for also, me. and also animation wise, the fact that he intentionally like overexposed it. 
like mm. like everything's bright right. and blown out with the way like a lot of like early 2000s rap yeah, videos are like i remember i was showing this to one of my friends who's an animator and i pointed that out he's like yeah why did he do that i'm like yeah. because it's like it's accurate like yeah. the way that it's like red here within like blown yeah. out here like the shirt here in theory should be blue but he cranked up the game yeah. you know and That's also, awesome. like, the lyrics, brand new bag, but I didn't pay for it. Yeah, everything is excellent. <laughs> like, the right, yeah, let's just, sorry. Brand new bag for bro, but I didn't pay for it. I don't like spending that cash, because I'm trying to savor it. Secret formula, I went and put flavor in. I do not fuck with no pleasures, I can't let no haters in. Sponge boy, get back on the grill. The customer's already waiting, they already pay for the meal. Squidward. Like, dude, like Squidward, like Squidward going, ah, ah. Yeah, like I think it actually sounds. Yeah, sick. I think it's unironically a really good song. And then, as countless people have pointed out in the comments, like the fact that the animator clearly knew the source material and had some tasteful references. Super like, tasteful. Super references. tasteful references. A great pacing, great shot composition. Like a lot of these still frames like this. Incredible just go, shots. Just go hard. Like like yeah, like cinematography wise and like lighting design yeah. wise, like this looks incredible. The lyrics, like it's it had no business being as good as it is. Because and it's excellent. Like simultaneously right now, the shot is composed well. The mm -hmm. lighting is good. The the choice to then blow out the lighting to be like yeah. respectful of rap videos or, yeah. or I guess like reference them. Uh -huh. The the episode references of SpongeBob, uh -huh. the vocal impressions sounding like the characters. Right. Somehow making them Flawless. the characters sound good as rappers. Yeah. And then yeah. the writing is not only like on subject, but then the right. lyrics go hard right. in a vacuum. Oh yeah, pulling off that much at once is yeah. Like, this video is like a miracle. Literally, me. yeah, like it's it's expertly done. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, SpongeBob is one of those evergreen like remix medias. Like I don't know if you've seen this is also on YouTube. There's like a fan-made version of Band Geeks where a different animator animated like every five or ten seconds. No, it's so good. That sounds cool. That one's insanely good. And there's a oh, th this is my favorite part of the song. Squidward's flow right here, like, is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no more customers up in this restaurant. You know there's no saving him. No, they can barely get by. He the holograms living a lie. We kicking them out if he step on the spot. They're watching me flourish. I'm watching them rock. Damn. Excellent work, the, everyone. The whole <laughs> like that, that <laughs> yeah, all the ad libs. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Just like clutching money, clutching up high, framing him all low. He had his eyes are half closed, like, and then this classic episode. Like it, it, he, they they pulled off telling the story yeah. of SpongeBob like through the lens of like a trap video, yeah. and like the characters are like being honest to like who they are. Very well done. No. Like making Patrick's dumb laugh sound like a dope like Rick Ross uh -huh. thing is like so. Whatever. And then Finn because they're fish. Yeah. yeah. Like, god, like, god damn, like, dude. Like, this is. 
No, yeah. Definitely make your video about it. I would love to see your analysis. Honestly, everything I just said is like yeah. what the video would be. It would just be me <laughs> geeking out pretty yeah. much. That, that's I kind of want to just do that on a side channel. Yeah. Kind of on like a casual like type thing right. where I'm just like saying stuff, I guess. Not right. think. <laughs> Absolutely. Not, not to demean what she, her channel is very good. I like her channel a lot, but I, I'm just saying, like you know, there are like a lot of people in their bedroom just kind of like talking oh, yeah. about subjects, and it's not like right. Anyways, I, I feel like I'm digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're I like fine, her channel. Dude. It you're is good, fine, my dude. Um, yeah, the the God, this shit is so good. Do you remember the SpongeBob uh, anime? Yep, the I have seen that. Oh my God, Bubble Base Arc, I think. This is another one where it was just uh, mm -hmm, animated mm -hmm. like outrageously well. A Narmak animation. Yep. Like I, another thing, like th this is like pre pretty well written, like story wise. Like they make a like a plausible SpongeBob story where he has mm -hmm. to go fight the dude, you know, for it to get the formula back. But same thing, like the animation quality is like crazy high. Yeah. If we're like some it, really talented people, you can tell we're behind this. And <laughs> okay. And then like this dude, they make this dude just like the perfect anime villain. Yeah. And then honestly, Bubble Bass brings me back to uh, my SpongeBob video because I was debating on whether I should talk about pickles. Oh, the pickles episode. Yeah. About there was a certain point where I had to like. Uh, draw the line between what was and was not in the scope of the video mm -hmm. you know because with the it's kind of the self-indulgence thing i was talking about like <laughs> yeah. do i want to just talk forever no, or do i yeah. want to tighten this up a little yeah. bit yeah like with it being crisis catastrophe and spongebob for a while it's just going to be part one part two part three just named each of those yeah crisis catastrophe spongebob and i was like okay i want to talk about the midlife crisis and the quarter life crisis and then maybe we'll also talk about, like, the identity crisis. And rather than talking about missing identity where, you know, he just loses his name tag. Yeah. I'd actually talk about the identity crisis that happens in Pickles when Bubble Bass gaslights him. When he does make the sandwich correctly and he tells him he didn't have any pickles on it. Yeah. And that fucks with Spongebob's whole world. <laughs> there uh, aren't any pickles. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about that and I was like, I need to decide what is most important here. Like, what is my point and yeah. I was like, definitely the one I'm most interested in talking about is the quarter life crisis. And I feel like midlife is important to start with as like a, a way of understanding that. Um, yeah. So, so my, my one hour video is going to be about H3 podcast and like why, not, you know, not only is it my favorite, but more importantly, it's specifically that I think it's like the most innovative podcast. And I think that like if you really like look at what they're doing as a whole, it's just like actually like insanely impressive. Okay. And so the thing is, is like they do five three hour episodes a week. And so constantly they're doing things that is like a better example of what I currently have in the edit mm. as like my example of what to show. Mm. And so like kind of what you're describing, just having like, oh, I can I can include this and talk about this. Yeah. Like sometimes I get like evidence overflow in my head mm. where I'm like, OK, I could now add this mm -hmm. and have them play back to back and now show the yeah. audience two examples of what I'm talking yeah. about. Or I can replace my old thing yeah. with this new media I found that works even better. Right. But like sometimes I do have to draw a line of like, because my brain will just make connections. Like I'll yeah. think of something where I'm like, oh, that supports that point I was making. Yeah. But then I, sometimes I'm like, 
I don't need it. I are the the point has been made, uh-huh. and it's like even though I can think of more things to say to make this point, it's like let's just yeah leave it where I already have it. Right, and no, I'm not yeah. a concise person at all. Yeah, <laughs> so people no, know yeah. that. So absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a beautiful thing about the medium. You know, like are you the type of person that like you'll reference like movie quotes like all the time you'll go like like in real life yeah like with like your siblings or friends or something like oh we both love this movie and then you'll just like you mean like comedy quotes or like philosophical things comedy quotes like hot rod when i was when i was younger a lot and these days it's kind of really more situational like maybe like you know like in hot rod i'll think like this is totally my head yeah 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 like things like that there's things like that where yeah I, like, are you ever, do you ever find yourself, like, in a real-life conversation where you want to express that, but maybe they haven't seen the movie? Or even if they have, they can't recall that it's from that moment. That's the thing about, like, video essays. You can just, like, show that instead of saying it yourself. And yeah. I feel like that's that's a beautiful thing. I like, see. Like, you, you, you have this thing. It's like an your... outlet for, like, the ADHD brain that, like, has, like thoughts like that pop up in your head all the time it's like i'll just show that because that's what i'm thinking well it's actually funny you say that because one of the biggest elements to me for the comedy of h3 is that their sound guy has like an arsenal of like literally at this point like hundreds of sound bites yeah this is a fan-made website and it doesn't even have close to all the sound bites from the show but like so many of them are so funny like uh extra large and extra hard whoa pussy clot I can't jerk off to this. Wow. Stick your finger. Big massive dumps. Wow. Dan, please stand up. I'm gonna come. Yep, classic. Uh, I think he's fucking stupid. You're on the wrong street, cuz. That's that's the dream is to have an amazing uh, the soundboard library. I like garbage. how they're alphabetized. Well, like I said, like a fan. Yeah, and, and it's by the person who said <laughs> it as well. But like the point is, is okay. Like th- this is a great example. Semen is is another kind of milk. So like a lot of these are like insanely funny because like what'll happen is they'll they'll react to a funny clip. Something is really funny, so then he clips it for future use. Mm. And then if context calls for it, this guy's like brain connection will be like, oh, I'm gonna slam the, you know, like maybe like Ethan is drinking coffee. He's like, hey, can I get some milk for this? Like mm-hmm. he'll probably then just like hit this, and then it's really funny for the audience. Yeah. And so it's kind of like Arrested Development, the way like the inside jokes just like yeah they just build stack. on themselves. Yeah. yeah. And so very often now, like <laughs> me and I think other fans of the show, in life these like kind of like you said movie quotes these sound yeah. bites will just trigger in my head uh-huh. but if i were to say it out loud it would make yeah. absolutely yeah. no sense to the people right. around and me. now you can express it exactly as it is in your head with, in, in a where you essay. are saying your point and then it cuts to the sound bite and then straight back to your point yeah amazing <laughs> yeah i definitely want to try and bring um some you know of of the like musical element from my previous role in music videos to video essays. Like I try and do some of that in the SpongeBob video, you know, where there's kind of like musical sequences a little bit and we're blurring the line from just like making points to, you know, cutting together a scene or a montage. Like I feel like you can and should do whatever you want, especially if it plays on the things you like. Um, my, you know. my, my video essays kind of honestly tend to have like wall to wall music. Mm -hmm. And so I was, uh, pretty impressed actually at you not doing so much Mm. music because i feel like editors will sort of put it there as a way of just making the video like 
maybe more like entertaining if they feel like not super confident about their work, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, it is a big thing where it's like, if all I hear is my voice and then silence behind it, I get kind of self-conscious and I think I need to make this more engaging somehow or distract people from my voice. And so I, I have a lot of fun finding songs that are like niche references to what I'm talking about. Mm. Like, uh, Stephen Colbert, his, one of his favorite bands is Neutral Milk Hotel. So mm-hmm. I, I play like an instrumental of that band during my section talking about him. Mm-hmm. And I get some comments being like, why is Neutral Milk Hotel playing? And then I get other people who are like, oh, this is a really good reference. Good job, you know? <laughs> and so I, I like to have fun with it yeah. in that way. But every now and again, I'll have a section where I'm like, there's literally no music I can humanly think of that mm-hmm. like is like a that could be a reference. So I yeah. guess I'm just going to find some music that like sounds good i guess and so i was thinking like your videos are already good with like the silence so Mm -hmm. if you start to incorporate music into it even Mm -hmm. more i'm I'm excited to see what that looks like for you thank you because people have different philosophies yeah for sure and i feel like you should just play to your strengths and play to what you like like there's some people that are just really good at talking and they're like a lecturer like they're like and that's great maybe it just is their voice and maybe some images and and that works for them but i think someone who spent so much time invested in editing like it just that just makes sense to me to try and bring some creative editing in um and that's kind of what i mentioned in jake mcgeller's zelda video he does a little bit of creative editing as far as cutting things together and i was like oh you know because you know as much as uh i've hated having to I hate having to, you know, do homework assignments and chores like everybody else. And so as much as I hated having to do, like, essays throughout school, there are a few of them that stand out to me of, like, I did like what I ended up making there, what I ended up, like, arguing there. Like, I had a college essay about, like, is there or is there not, like, a permanent core self or are you just, like, a collection of selves? Like, like it, it would get into some good questions like that and... um I think about like tackling a serious topic like that, but then being able to show any any clip from anything that you've ever seen and combine sounds from anything you've ever seen and maybe ways that connect to you, um, like you know, and and kind of like the intro to the quarter life crisis chapter. I kind of spliced together some things that just resonated for me, you know, like in the Incredibles movie, their depictions of just how draining and mundane, like the nine to five, like white life is. Mm -hmm. Um, That's always really like stuck with me, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of speaking to how like in this medium you can pull from your head, like your, your, uh, your repertoire of things you've watched and listened to. And now you can use them in these abstract ways to kind of support what you're talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. You can, I feel like, um, I guess earlier I talked a little bit about like fears of like the information age, how there's like too much that you could ever watch. There's some beautiful things and that when you make connections between eight different things that are like scattered across, uh, I think that's really, really cool when you can find like the common denominator, you can like pull things together. Like, I don't know. I feel like we all have like, you tend to assume that people know the same things that you know. So you might say something that feels like common knowledge to you. And someone's like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. Cause right. like they've seen a different combination of 
things than the combination of things that you've seen. That, that's kind of how I felt watching some of your videos, honestly, because like even with those SpongeBob episodes, like you were pointing out how some of them, yeah, the entire premise has to do with like crisis or existentialism. Mm -hmm. And it's like on paper, it's like, well, yeah, no, duh. Mm -hmm. This is about, you know, Mr. Krabs getting old or mm -hmm. Squidward having trouble with errands or Patrick struggling to work a job. But in a way, I had just never directly or consciously thought about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe like my brain did. Right. But I never reflected on it that way. So yeah. just like even you doing that, I was just like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. huh. Oh, yeah. And, and going back. Yeah, go and, and you made it your job to then break into that and talk yeah. about it, you know, which anybody could do on their own. But, yeah. you know, you're the guy who organized it and laid it out. And it was really yeah. good. And so. Yeah. Going back to someone who's a very repeat watcher, like this is why I am a consumer of these like long form videos and stuff. Like I just love seeing other people's perspective on a thing that I already like, like, you know, very repeat. If I love a show or a movie, I might watch it a bunch of times. If I love an album, I'll definitely listen to it a bunch of times. And then I love going through and watching a bunch of different people's like first reaction to that album because that adds more depth to me to see all these other people's experience with the album. Sorry if I just add some sounds there, but no, no, no. Um, are you talking about any particular album, or you, you just mean just you in general, like? You know, like, so an album I loved recently is the new Lil Yachty album, mm. Let's Start Here. I still haven't finished it because so I just keep listening to track one. It, track one's one of the best. It's so good that I just keep, <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> Dude, it kicks ass. And The Black Seminole is so good. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the channel reacting to it? Oh, there's a bunch of them. I, oh. ju I just mean, like, oh, you, well, it's like a repeat watcher. Okay. Like, so I'll love, I'll love that album, and then I'll go watch five different people's reactions to it because... That to me is continuing my like exploration into that album, but now I'm taking other people's opinions into uh, consideration. Yeah, th this channel, okay. Th Turning I, the tables is great. Yeah. yeah, this is a father and son, and they react. Kevin and Connor, I think. I think what makes this channel like so fun to watch is that the father clearly like loves music, and uh -huh. he's I always love that super open to modern sounds. Yeah. So like whether or not he's listening to Mac Miller or Kanye yeah. or the Arctic or fucking JPEG Mafia. Okay, wait. There's one I want. You don't have to watch this right now, but later there's a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I totally no, cut you off. No, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say like no matter what the dad is always like this is so cool. Yeah. And it's really nice, like seeing this guy, like just like kind of bond with his son and enjoy like the shit that he's showing yeah. him and stuff. And like, it's a very cool generational handshake moment. Of, yeah. Like, good music knows good music. And, kind and, of thing. and they kind of pause song to song to like reflect yeah. on the songs as they listen to them. And yeah. so for me, like I was actually pulling up, more so videos of them reacting to albums I have heard before. Yeah, me too. Because it was kind of as you're it's describing. It's less about. It, it was ex yeah. it was exciting seeing two people experience yeah. first time joy from something yeah. I've loved for a while, and it kind of almost reignited that for me. Yeah. So like Arctic Monkeys, uh, my favorite worst nightmare. Yes. That, so that's this is this is probably one of the first ten albums I listened to in my entire life, uh -huh. and to this day it's one of my favorites. And seeing this dude just get so excited by, like, mm -hmm. the, the, the... There's a vicarious thing to their first time listening to it. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's, um, it's absolutely that. Like, same on this note, it's, like, the video I was going to ask you to pull up is, like, a dude who, I guess, this is the only video I've seen from him. Yeah. But when Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5 came out, 
Search guitar heart part five. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to this dude. He has a good channel, but he makes guitar videos. It's is probably nah, that guy. Yep, guy? That, that guy. Hearing Kendrick Lamar for the very first time. This is like the only video I've seen from him. I assume he makes accurate. good guitar videos. But basically, <laughs> he normally does guitar lessons or whatever. And everyone's like, dude, this Kendrick, like, can't stop think, talking about this new Kendrick Lamar video. And so he listens to Kendrick Lamar for the first time. It's just like blown away. And there's something so amazing about watching someone who has a career-long understanding of music. Like, this guy's probably been in music for decades. Yeah. And I... I guess I have watched a second video because he did a second Kendrick Lamar one. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how he's such a live music stickler. Like, he doesn't listen to, like, studio recorded stuff. And to me, I'm like, I've never heard of that. I didn't know there were, there were people out there that just solely prefer live music. So he hasn't even yeah. in, in invested in this whole world. Anyway, there's something beautiful about I mean, look a at guy. His, look at his face. Yeah. I mean, he's into it. There's something beautiful about, like, hey, man. This song and video is so fucking good, you should react to it. And a guy who knows nothing about Kendrick Lamar, but does have a different background in music, comes and bees like, holy shit, this is really fucking good. And he articulates it in a way that I've never heard before, because it's yeah. different than the other people I've heard talk about it. Like, I, I think part of what's really exciting about that is like, you know, obviously, like in the 2010s when we were in high school, there was like a meme of like, Oh, you're wearing a Nirvana shirt? Name three other songs, uh -huh. right? And so now, like, we've all gone through this thing of, like, hipster gatekeeping to, yeah. like, making fun of that behavior. And so, right. but even still, it's like when we, we kind of sometimes get snooty and we expect everybody to have heard of the important things and yep. to have a baseline of things that they've heard and it's yep. like oh if you like uh kanye you got to listen to this first before you uh -huh. listen to this the idea of hearing jesus is king before yeah. hearing blank yep. that's crazy but that being said everybody in the world kind of they have to hear about something for the for first time, time one way or another and there's so much shit and now. there's and there's yeah and there's so many different ways somebody could just randomly accidentally mm -hmm. find out about something for uh -huh. the first time and so yeah, the heart part five for someone might be the very first way or time that yeah. a guy heard it. And sure, you could react and be like, how's that possible? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then in the end, if you do allow the person the space to just yeah. let that happen organically, Dude. you get these really awesome yeah. reactions. And it's a cool thing to see. That's one of my pet peeves that, that I inevitably will make a video ranting about how like. And I don't know if you've seen the show. I think you should leave. I have a couple videos on it on Rock. I, I've kind of intentionally not finished any of the seasons because I'm, like, loving the show. But sometimes comedy that's, like, based in a lot of, like, yelling or, like, <laughs> like just high energy mm -hmm. shit, sometimes it can be really funny but also a little draining on me. Sure. And I do really like Tim Robinson. so. Sure. I'm kind of in this sweet spot where if I'm ever in the mood, mood there is an episode that I haven't seen waiting yeah. for me. So uh -huh. I've I've just taken the show like really slow. No problem. But there's it's a, it's it's excellent. There's a there's a bit in that one that encapsulates this feeling perfectly because he's trying to we we started the perspective of someone who's just trying to get through a parking lot and there's an asshole just fucking around in front of him. So we're just with him, like frustrated, like, what's this asshole? Let me go around this guy. And he tries to go around him and he gets cut off. Yeah. And so he yells out his window, hey man, don't you know how to fucking drive? And Tim's character responds, no, I don't know how to drive. Not everyone knows everything. Driving isn't the only thing. And that I've, to me, I've seen that sketch, by the way. That one hits on something. Again, I will rant about this in a future video probably. Like yeah. we live in an age where we have access 
to like infinite content from TVs to movies to books to podcasts to anything and everything else. Not everyone knows everything. Not everyone has seen everything. And and that's why it always like irks me when someone's like, you haven't seen this thing? Because no matter who you are, there's thousands of things that you haven't seen yet. You know, like we could go down forever. Yeah. All the branches in music and genres and TV shows. Like... I think there should be a little more, um, I don't know, a little more just acknowledgement of that. Giving like, people grace. Going, Yeah, giving people grace, but also just going back to Jacob Geller once again. Dude makes a lot of great points. Um, he talks about that, I think, in the Zelda video. Uh, he calls it walking backwards into culture. And the example he uses... Oh, that's a good way of putting it. The example he uses is seeing a Simpsons episode as a kid that's doing like a reenactment of a dance scene from another movie. Yeah. And that's written for the people who have... The adults who've seen the movie. And then they're like, oh, the Simpsons is doing this. But as a kid watching that, that's how you learned about that dance. You are seeing yeah. the remix. You are seeing the parody before you see the original. Walking well, backwards into culture. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest examples of that I always think of is that when you're a kid or a young adult there's certain actors that you think of as like the older actors yeah. and then for your parents they're actually thinking of them as one of the young Younger. modern actors yeah. who are just now old. You realize everything's relative. Yeah and so there's certain <laughs> actors from like our upbringing who would be considered like yeah. young who uh -huh. you know our children or whatever will just think of, of like oh that's one of those old actors and like right now I have a co-worker who's 19 and so that's been blowing my mind, talking mm -hmm. to him about different perspectives, because, mm -hmm. like, Ruby and Sapphire Pokemon came out in 2003, yeah. and that felt like a new, exciting thing. Uh -huh. This guy was born in 2004, so he was telling me his first console is the Wii. So when yeah. I told him my yeah. first console was N64, he uh -huh. said, like, oh, that's really old. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is like we this all this age discussion happened because we were talking about music, and he was saying how he's barely been to any concerts, hmm. and I was telling him how like I recently saw Phoenix, and uh, the like lead singer walked up to me and my brother to like hoist him up above the crowd, and he was like, "Man, I want to have one of those experiences. That sounds really cool." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "What are some of your favorite bands?" And I said, "The White Stripes." He was like, "The White Stripes." I was like, "Jack White," and he was like. Jack White, he's like, what What would I know from him? And, like, in, in my head, like, my, you know, dumb instincts went off to get all jaded. Like, man, this this kid. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you know, I, like, hummed Seven Nation Army. And he was like, oh, Seven Nation Army. That's, like, one of the biggest songs ever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that album came out in, like, 2003. And he went, I wasn't born yet. Yeah. And that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is, is, like, in this conversation, he was, like, so excited about some of the music I was telling him mm -hmm. about. And I was telling him about some of my concert experiences. And he was like, that sounds so cool. And I realized, like, okay, I shouldn't be, like, a jaded asshole because people exist after I existed. Yeah, it's no, more literally. so, like, people just kind of find things the way that they yeah. find them. And people, people take it so fucking personally. Like, I remember... Maybe this was a few years ago by now, but people were mad at, like, Billie Eilish because she hadn't heard of some classic band or singer or something. And it's like... yeah. And, and I'm sorry, I don't know literally all the things that you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I, th I think young women, like young famous women, are like uh, targeted that way the most because mm. for whatever reason, you have some like beautiful like singer or actress who's like a young person, and like I feel like interviewers just love to like 
frame them as like mm. some dumb like you don't deserve you, you dumb silly girl mm-hmm. who shouldn't be famous because you're too young for that you mm-hmm. haven't heard of this yeah like i feel like that's like such a like media thing yeah. that's like happened forever yeah just bullshit trying to make a story out of it yeah just yeah. trying to like frame someone as like look they're famous and rich but they're yeah. they don't know nothing about yeah. the world isn't yeah. that you know it's just like jesus christ yeah that's, <laughs> that's exhausting yeah. yeah i uh I had some point to make at some point about, but I, I, yeah, I don't remember now. It's all good. (laughs) We'll find a spot. Um, But yeah, I guess one thing I was talking about earlier was, um, you know, like watching, you know, maybe I'll watch like a new movie that comes out and then I'll watch several different video essays about that or an album comes out. I watch several different people's reactions to it. Like it just adds depth to the thing. I already like to see other people's, you know, like when you watch a really good show and maybe you see a post online that points out some things you missed, it's just like the endless pursuit of that. Like just getting, looking at it with more depth. Yeah. And I, and I think that like what you're describing is like why I like the video essays that are very well researched, very well written. They Mm -hmm. have like very good supporting evidence because like, it is one of these things where if I want to like nerd out into a subject, Mm -hmm. it is really fun to learn and kind of have these themes and emotions that you felt be even stronger and Mm -hmm. broadened by like other people's similar perspective. And then like the new stuff they're bringing to you that you didn't know about. And you know, there is so much fucking content and we only have like so much time. And so if I do click on a video and then it's just like kind of a bunch of nothing for Mm -hmm. a bunch of minutes, I'm like, ah, that I feel kind of robbed now. And it's like every now and again, there are channels that are more casual, but they still deliver like good, good stuff. Yeah. You know, Um, like for instance, there's this one channel I've been really loving. Her name is, uh, the ghosty ghoul or like the ghosty girl or some something like that and uh i'm like subscribed to like a zillion channels uh here let me find it while i'm talking uh she she's been doing like very man maybe i won't be able to find her channel tim uh there it is yeah yeah, so she has, like, a little under 500 subscribers, but she's been, like, posting incredibly consistently, like, mm. multiple times a month, and the way she's been doing it is she kind of has just been, like, she spends a lot of the runtime um, on just, like, footage of herself in her mm. room, you know? Mm. And then a lot of the footage she's using, like, it looks like maybe they were, like, ripped from, like, GIFs even. <laughs> like, they look like a little bit lower quality, yeah. like, files. But the thing is, is, like, who freaking cares? Because she's, her writing is good, and she's making good points. And I think that, like, tonally-wise, like, just, like, the aesthetic and, like, the vibe of her channel Mm -hmm. is just, like, really pleasant, you know? And so, yeah, like, channels that are even doing stuff in a little bit more of a casual way, like, editing-wise, can still be, like, super good. Right, absolutely. And kind of like what you're saying, like, I I love Miyazaki and a lot of the philosophies of his movies, and so this is a channel I can go to to kind of further explore those, like, thoughts and feelings that I have, you know? Yeah, 100%, yeah, and especially if it's, it goes back to being efficient, you know, if in an hour-long video you're actually getting what they put several months into, you know, there's... Um, there's a lot you can get out of it. And I think um, another thing I love about video essays is there's a lot of people analyzing art, but they're also artists themselves, I think, in what they're yes. making. You know, it's so it's really cool. There's both sides. Yeah, it, that's good that you said that because, yes, they are analyzing art, but I think that, like, analysis and writing and, like, video essays and stuff, like, 
are art themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's the channels I get the most jaded towards are the ones that it starts to feel a little bit less like art itself and Mm -hmm. more like they're kind of just making like an assembly line product where all their videos are kind of exactly the same and like super templated out. And then like I start to be like, ah, this doesn't feel as like earnest as maybe some of the other ones I've seen. Yeah. I want to, I want to make stuff again. I'm going to make whatever I want about whatever topic I want, but I want to, um, make videos that feel different, you know, still like stuff that, uh, you're not sure where it's going to go. Those are the ones that stick with me the most that compel me the most. What I was going to say earlier when I was um, pulling up your most recent one, mm-hmm. uh, Catastrophe, uh, Crisis, and Spongebob, whatever. <laughs> I, I, is, is that the... Yes, Crisis, Catastrophe, and Spongebob. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, uh, I think maybe the concept in that's here that's been the most helpful to me lately is when you talk about the amygdala mm-hmm. and, like, the worry response that mm-hmm. human beings have. Mm-hmm. I was trying yeah, to pause it. Back. I was yeah. trying to pause it on that picture you have of the brain. Oh yeah, there's one at the beginning. Of... It's funny when you know your edit this well. No, for real. Yeah. Okay. So you you talk about all these like PhD like psychological like scientific concepts of like fear and anxiety and panic mm-hmm. and stuff, and. I am, like, one of the most worrisome people ever. Like, Mm -hmm. I get highly paranoid and worrisome and anxious, like, all the fucking time. And, Mm -hmm. like, I know sometimes it's just, like, useless, but then I still do it. Mm -hmm. But for me, like, something that helps me in life a lot is just hearing somebody say something in just, like, just the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes you just hear the right words and it just clicks with you as an epiphany or maybe something you can just remember or harken back to in the back of right, your mind when you're right. in a pickle. Yeah. And so, like, lately, like, when I've been worrying about things, like, I kind of have been thinking about your video because you talk about how, like, the like this part of the brain can flare up that makes us, like, highly worried, and sometimes it can be, like, way disproportionate to, like, what's actually happening. Yeah. Or at the very least, like, no longer helpful. And you kind of laid out that, like, when you're worrying about something, it's like, okay, worry to the point that you now are thinking of, like, a solution. Yeah. And then after that, it's, like, kind of useless and you're kind of just torturing yourself. Right. That was the distinction I had to make. Yeah. Yeah, the difference between planning and worrying because that's the trap that I fall into a lot. Again, that's why I made this video because I saw Squidward freaking out over nothing. I was like, that's what I do I've been catching myself doing that regularly and, and, yeah. and through making the video, it's still something I'm actively working on being better about. But uh, yeah, exactly that. Like to the point where my problem with it is feeling like you're helping the problem by worrying about it because you're spending energy thinking on it, you know, like you're thinking about it, like you're getting closer to a solution or you're getting a little more prepared for it. Um, when really that's the exact thing, like keeping you in the uncomfortable worry that doesn't need to exist. So it's it's an ongoing practice of like making a plan and then moving on that I'm working on instilling too. Yeah, something you describe, it's always crazy to me when I have these like kind of abstract feelings or thoughts in my head and then like you actually hear someone else in the real world like lay it out like mm-hmm. in words and you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit. And like something you said in there that was it for me is like, you were describing worrying as like a, as if that's helping the situation. Mm-hmm. And you described like maybe if you think of this worst case scenario in your head long enough, then you'll be extra prepared when mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
you're kind of almost just making yourself emotionally experience yeah. that thing happening yeah. to you that might not even happen. And then even if it did, it would still be hard. Yeah. Like it's like do like worrying a bunch and picturing it happening maybe actually won't help you. It'll right. still suck. Right. So it's like why do that early? Yeah. And like yeah, I do that. I, I realize like that is what I'm doing all the time. Like I'm yeah. just thinking of worst case scenarios right. as if to like prepare for it, which yeah. is just like so not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was really interesting to dive into, you know, kind of the science of that. Like I spent a few months kind of just like reading the books and that's again, the approach of going back to make whatever I want. Like I love the open-endedness of these self-imposed projects you take with like video essays. Like maybe I want to read these four books and watch these three seasons. Maybe I want to read one book and watch one movie. Maybe this song and this moment from this, like it doesn't matter what it is. Like any, any, connection can be made as long as there actually is a connection there you know like i'm only going to make videos unless i actually feel like i have something to say you know yeah that, that, that's how i feel too it's I, I because i i think like so often people start to make a career out of this which is good but then they start to think like okay calculating what should i talk about next to keep this yeah. going versus like what got you there in the first place talking about something yep. that like you genuinely were already thinking about and had yeah. something to say exactly you know yeah so i guess that's that's the dream is to be set up in a spot where um you know i'm already enjoying these things anyway i'm already listening to this music watching these shows reading these books anyway and now when i have thoughts and feelings about them i can organize them into a video and then there's you know, a place where I can put that. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, that's the ideal. Yeah. And like, I remember like another thing you said in the video that like, I, I super believe is like, you're generally like how good your life is, is kind of like how you feel through the day to day events. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, if you have all these nice things, but you don't necessarily feel like good or mm -hmm. content during them, then it's like, is your life good? And you mm -hmm. know, you think about all these you know, grind culture people that are trying to have like the nicest car, the nicest house, the most amount of money or whatever. But then it's like, I don't know how much enjoyment are they actually, mm -hmm. or like how much like rest, I guess. Yeah. And so like you, you kind of, you, you use some SpongeBob examples of people having life comparison, like uh, Mr. Krabs as if he has the, the nice successful life and Plankton, mm -hmm. who's like the failure. Mm -hmm. And you show that, when Plankton is in Mr. Krabs' life, mm -hmm. he's still, like, not happy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, for me, I can, you know, buy a nice new desk or a nice new computer, or I can, like, be proud of myself for having these video ideas. But mm -hmm. if I'm, like, hating working on things mm -hmm. or I'm dreading working on things or I'm, like, anxious all day long or whatever mm -hmm. it is, I'm like, dang, no matter how accomplished I am or how many nice things I've gotten for myself or how comfortable I've made my situation. If I just still feel terrible all day mm -hmm. because of these unresolved things with myself on the right. inside, then yeah. it's like life isn't good per yeah. se. And that's why I think like tackling these inward emotional things that can get you to a more content place in your day-to-day yeah. -day life is like so important. For sure. Absolutely. It's like that, that is your life, you know? And um, no matter where you go, there you are. And there's, the human condition that I don't know if it's homeostasis or whatever else, but something about like never, you know, you'll never do something that absolves you from all future like suffering and problems. Like, you know, life is an ongoing string of like solving problems and new events and new challenges. And 
Um, I, I think that it's just a story that we've been told so much. Like we, we know that, um, money and material things aren't happiness, you know? Like I think we know that shaping up a life that you actually enjoy is more of like a true form of success where like, if you wake up and look forward to the day you have ahead of you, and then when you go to bed, you're proud of the day that you had, like that sounds like a good life. If that's what's happening for you regularly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And I know it is, like, a cheesy thing that is, like, said all the time. But I think, like, gratitude and just, like, kind of practicing, like, in the moment, just being kind of enjoying or at least thankful of, like, some of the things you have is, like, really, like, sometimes the quickest way to get there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I really honestly do think I, like, unfortunately spend, like, most of or a lot of my, like, just wakeful being just kind of being worried or catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just kind Same. of how I unfortunately feel and mm-hmm. think, like, a lot of the time. It's a shocking percent of my existence. Yeah. But then you, like, and then I'll, like, look back on past eras of my life, you know, all, like, romantically. And yeah. I'm like, man, I was freaking out mm-hmm. then, though. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, right now is something I'm going to look back on. And so let me just, like, enjoy, like, exactly. what is here while I'm here exactly uh you know it it can be difficult but like it's it's, it's kind of what you got to do and it, so, something i've kind of come to as well is like i think like happiness is less so the goal and more so being content because like happiness is like a great feeling but i think it's just super unrealistic to think that you just feel mm-hmm. like good and like mm-hmm. pumped up with upward yeah. emotion all the time and i think mm-hmm. what's more realistic is like just having like a default setting of like content you know, mm-hmm. because I think that like existence just equals like pain mm-hmm. and anxiety mm-hmm. just inherently from mm-hmm. just like having tasks mm-hmm. and responsibilities mm-hmm. and like a physical body. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of being able to get your just default mode from anxious to like close to content. So then you're just kind of going about your business. You're good. And then if something makes you happy, then that's great. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a good place to try to be just yeah. trying to, trying to hit like a calm equilibrium rather right. than like this idea of like, I want to be happy yeah. all the time. Right. That's the goal is, is definitely moving towards a more comfortable quality of life. Yeah. I, I, I've had a lot of the same thoughts. Like, I don't know if existence itself is pain, like this definitely what more cynical version of myself would say. Maybe existence is the what comes with it, I think it's the Yeah, existence is like the potential for feeling and the potential for feeling means inevitable pain, but maybe also inevitable um positives, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't know. I'm just just a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll go cut cut the rock boy. Um, but yeah, I, I like what, I like what you're doing a lot. I haven't Thanks, watched man. all your videos yet, but also like, uh, yeah, I like that some of them are very introspective about feelings and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like I am a person in front of you saying that this has helped me. So great. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that it has. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. And then you have the other videos where you're just kind of diving in talking about like art and like why it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just analyzing media learning stuff leveling up you know definitely introspective sometimes um do you have a desire to like make like narrative stories whether it's a movie or short films or comics cartoons yeah but i'm in no rush okay i think um i feel like life experience has got to be one of the best things with writing and so i think for people this is my guess, but I think for people who want to write like TV shows and movies and stuff, like you can, you can do that in your thirties and forties. Like you don't have to rush to do that. I think, 
I think everything you've learned will come to crescendo yeah. in that. So I, some of my friends and I talk about this TV show we're going to write when we're 40. It's like an <laughs> ongoing joke, and it probably will happen eventually. But I feel like I'm still doing all the living that's like collecting those experiences yeah. that will be episodes later. I remember when I was like a freshman in college back in uh, 2014, one of our teachers who uh, was like a professional screenwriter, he something he told us was like, you guys right now are in a better position to write like a good high school movie than me or any of my peers. He was like, because you just live that, mm. you know? So he was like, you know, like write your truth, write Like what's honest to you. He's like, don't feel like you got to make some like epic about 40 mm-hmm. year old mercenaries or yeah. whatever, you know, he's yeah. like, you got, and so it's, it's fun. like, I, I do hear what you're saying about like not being in a rush, you mm-hmm. know, and how like greatness will come later in life. But I'm just always finding mm-hmm. a way to feel you got an idea now, do it now. Well, that's the fucking thing is okay, now there's, there's another great CJ the X video. It's one of their most recent. It's called Seven Deadly Art Sins. And there's a really good bit. Um, I believe they're talking about perfectionism because they talk about it in a couple of videos. Uh, but there's a really good bit in that that feels like a friend giving you a healthy personal attack of like, while you're being precious about this piece of art you're not releasing, like yeah. you're actually like hurting yourself. Like they have a lot of fantastic bits about like, unlearning the the disease of perfectionism well see like lately i've been thinking like okay well now i'm in my late 20s which is like so weird and i've just been thinking like well crap if i'm gonna write i guess like some coming of age movie i'm like i guess maybe that's like something i should start working on since Mm. now i'm like currently the closest to that time in my life i guess so it's funny like in a way like i hear you about like not being in a rush and like okay i can write things in my 30s and 40s but then otherwise i'm like well, I am experiencing a version of life right yeah. now that I won't be later. And right. so even still, I'm like, I'm just always hard on myself about like not fleshing out ideas like when I should be. Mm. So I'm so I'm so tired of writing down an idea mm-hmm. and then not getting to it because I'm doing other things. Yeah. But I, I had the idea right now. So I'm inspired yeah. by it right now. Yeah. But it's just a, but it just becomes a thing I wrote down months ago. Right. And then like way later, I'm like then looking at it. I'm trying to get better at like fleshing out things even a little bit like as i'm having it because mm-hmm. i realize like okay this is the moment it's like the most fresh and interesting to me yeah. and then later i'm gonna more so be remembering how it made me feel yeah. when i had the idea right. if that yeah. makes sense and then there's the version of you that's drawing the blueprint which might take a day then there's the version of you that's laying the bricks which might take a month you know and you kind of yeah. just do that labor of building spaceship or whatever you're building i saw uh that new movie bottoms last night mm-hmm. have you heard of it mm-hmm. okay so do, do you know the actress uh rachel senate no from here so uh freaking have you seen the show the bear no damn you <laughs> hey man not everyone knows everything i know that's so true <laughs> <laughs> so okay this girl rachel senate she starred in this movie that's like really freaking good. I think it's a perfect movie called Shiva Baby. Okay. And uh, this girl has been getting really big because she's like the second main character in The Bear. And uh, the director of Shiva Baby also is like just like a young woman in her 20s like these two, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not only is like being a young director kind of rare Mm -hmm. but also it's like hollywood is very sexist and stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm just like man this is like so rad that this director is like making such good stuff yeah and um this was interesting to me because shiva baby is like it's like it's like a comedy that's shot and tone like tonally feels like a horror movie in a way Mm -hmm. 
And then Bottoms is like this kind of brighter, just like high school movie, you know? And like these two, I was like, are they going to play high schoolers? Mm. You know? But okay. the, but the, but I, I saw it last night and like it is so goddamn funny. And like these two do freaking great. And the movie just kind of exists in this like world of like unreality where like very ridiculous things happen. Like Interesting. It's, it's a lot less grounded than something like super bad. Yeah. And like these two, like I, I, my suspension of disbelief was like good. Like I was just able to accept like, okay, they're playing high schoolers in this movie, even though, you know, they're very clearly like mm -hmm. adults. Mm -hmm. And the movie was just so funny. And, uh, I wound up seeing this uh, post on Instagram from the director about how her and then Rachel, the lead actress, they like kind of just wrote this movie together, just getting together uh, every week in coffee shops for like the last five years, just coming up with jokes together, writing like goals. And they just kind of just made a thing happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how old they are. I, I, I have to assume, you know, twenties. And uh, I was just thinking like, Oh man, that's like so fun. It uh, just, I don't know. I I have a deep desire to like mm. be creative and like make cool sure. stuff with my friends. Yeah, it, it got it got me kind of inspired. Like, oh, I guess I could try to like write right. something like this. Like now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to make, I feel like that's what you should follow. Whatever the inspiration takes you. Yeah. So absolutely, if whatever you make, man, you know I'm, I'm always down to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and so. You, you you started making your channel, I know, because you said you were a little burnt out on, mm -hmm. like, the traditional filmmaking of, mm -hmm. like, shooting on-set music videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How's uh, how's that feeling been for you? I think, yeah, I think it just became more work than fun at some point for me. And so I wasn't making any art for a while. I kind of spent some time taking a much-needed break. And then... Um, found interest in video essays and like i said i'll still do some music videos here and there as like passion projects but um i think i think just following my natural curiosity this is kind of where it's taking me this is like a new combination of interests that i've never got to see kind of like an interplay before like from writing because i've always um done some writing like throughout school and stuff like nothing too crazy but for for the first step of making a video now to be writing like maybe 20 pages 25 pages um and then working on like my voice acting if you want to call it or your <laughs> script reading your performance whatever um i don't know it just feels like the right creative direction for me and it is kind of a full circle moment because ever since i've been in like elementary school um making youtube videos i've always just wanted to have a big YouTube channel and it's very weird to have put like five years into music videos and get so far and then um, to start making video essays and they're received like quite well like I'm yeah. getting more subs on YouTube from one video than I ever did in five years of music videos is very bizarre um, but um, you know I feel like it started on the note of I'm just making the stuff I want to make and I'm going to keep doing that yeah, I well, I remember the last time you were on, you know, obviously we were talking with you more so within the context of being like a music video director. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I've been having so much fun with YouTube. I, I remember during the episode, I was very much so like, 
don't you want to build this into like a big channel? Like, I, I felt like I was trying to like push you into like making it like a big channel uh-huh. or whatever. And uh-huh. so, and I remember you you were saying you were very content with like ah, I don't know if I really want to like commit to running a channel that way. And I'm okay yeah. with like the artists posting the videos on their own pages, blah yeah. blah blah. Um, but so it was kind of funny to see you like now turn around and talk about how like you do sort of have wanted to be a YouTuber yeah. for a long time. And, but now you're just doing it in like a completely different way. Yeah. One thing about me, I change my mind all the time <laughs> <laughs> and that happens on a large scale from year to year basis. And that happens on a day to day basis on a small scale. But, um, yeah, I listened to like the first few minutes of our last podcast and I was like, yeah, really deep in music videos at that point and uh that's just how my my interests work like i i don't know how long i'll be on video essays as long as it's fun to me sure um but i feel like every every part of your journey like all comes together in unexpected ways like i think undoubtedly the time i spent in music videos heavily informs my creative process when i'm making like video essays and I'm very happy about that. Like over five years, you get better at learning how you like to work and how you like to ideate and sketch and then actually execute videos. Um, So I've had a lot of time to see how I like to work, how I don't like to work. And, you know, bringing all these elements together, I think it's um, it's an unexpected direction for me, but it, it feels right. Yeah. I, maybe uh, we can kind of start to wrap up. Maybe sure. one last thing we can talk about that I I remember at the very beginning we said uh-huh. we would and we never oh, did yeah. was uh, put your the energy you have to put on when you're recording yeah. a narration. Yeah, dude. Okay, one thing that I have never I from what I've seen at least gotten a comment on that I'm so shocked by. Mm-hmm. So. I'll be a lot of my video essays I'm like working on for months and then like during the process I'll just decide to like write a whole new paragraph like just Mm -hmm. in the middle somewhere Mm -hmm. and so I'll have to go like write and record a new thing throughout my video essays there are very many voiceover sections where my voice sounds like completely different yeah than another section because maybe yeah. I'll, I was like sick it's the next or, day. or I'm in a completely different room uh-huh. or I'm just reading it with like a different cadence. Yeah. And to me, it's like so obvious, yeah. but then nobody comments. Yeah. But then I feel like I've literally never once noticed that when I'm listening to yeah. other people's or videos. Care. So yeah. with you, like with you doing a one hour video, uh-huh. did you just do that whole narration in one so long session? Tell? No. Okay. So yeah. So broken up a bunch. Um, not a bunch, like most of it's from like the same day of recording, but there definitely is a fair amount of, uh, other stuff I, I either recorded later, like redid and, and stuff like that. Does your voice Um, or the recording quality sound mad different to to me? It sounds different, but maybe it only really sounds different when I'm making that decision of if I, cause then it's so obvious, like, Oh, it sounds so different. They'd be able to notice. But then once I already did that and forget about it, it's like to them, this could have just been another take. And there's plenty of people I watch where the like second them coming in to have like an amendment to what they're saying is so casual and regular that I don't mind at all. Like they'll have them in their main speaking spot making their point and then cut to them at their laptop. Be like, hey, here at the editing bay, I feel like I got off track. I just want to make my point clear. And I don't mind that at all. And so once I realize that when I watch other people, I don't mind at all if they like cut to, like if anything, it adds more. Like, oh, they thought about this the next day. was like, I actually want to make this clear. I've learned to like embrace that. And I think that's again, like something to be used to our advantage in video essays is that you can 
you can record something the next day or the next week right after and put it right in between like something like it's it's yeah. very i think embracing the fact that it can be edited as in like amended or fixed is is something that's really unique to video essays i don't know about you but i get fucking exhausted when i'm done reading my scripts like i feel oh yeah i I feel like out of breath yeah oh yeah and like i you know every single line i like and it's so weird being by yourself trying to put up that energy and be like if my neighbors hear me i sound like a fucking crazy person i feel i'm yelling about squidward and mr krabs in my apartment yeah because i'm like reading the script and i'm trying to say the words right and like not fumble and like you're trying to say it with like a good speaking voice mm -hmm. because you know and like i can get in my head and feel stupid and then i have to say like every single sentence like five times Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's just like on yeah. and on. So by the time by the time I'm done, I'm just like all tired, and then like I got to come back like a few weeks later to add yeah. this whole new thing. And so, yeah. I, I I've gotten like a fair amount of comments before that says, "Bro, you're so monotone," or "I I dislike this video because you're annoying to listen to." Like I've wow. got I've gotten a Brutal. lot. Yeah, there's some I'm mean just, ones. I'm just, I'm just like I'm trying. There's man. some mean ones. Like, yeah, I, you get I'm those. Like, and uh, it's funny because I'm like, dude, I'm like literally like actively trying to yeah. sound good yeah. on audio to right. not have you think this and you're still. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for engaging on the video is what I always say. That's like, how I think about it now. Anytime get I get some shitty comment, I'm like, well, this just helps this the algorithm, the I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I was you, you and I were earlier talking about it about like being like a game show host. <laughs> yeah, having a newfound respect for game show hosts cuz when your job is to, you know, in 15 or 30 seconds convey the premise of what we're doing, the significance, get us excited about it. It's actually pretty tough gig you know you put you just put a guy up there unprepared they're gonna blow it they're yeah what are we watching you know well i see like i went to la to see the h3 podcast live and like ethan i think has grown to be like a really good like confident like podcast host which is Mm kind of more like broadcast Mm -hmm. but then as far as like being up there and like let's say like setting up a game or something and keeping everything going you know it's like he's pretty good he's probably you know probably way better than the average person Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it can be kind of easy i think maybe to just fall into like dead space or ums or maybe not oh, being yeah. totally confident in what you're saying they wound up bringing out surprise guest howie mandel who nice. is like a game show yeah. host extraordinary i remember like being there in person and seeing how just like on target he was mm. and how much he was keeping the segment going and like explaining mm. the rules and keeping the energy up yeah. and being like here's what we're doing here's how it's gonna yeah. work your team and t-. i was like whoa yeah. this is like you're a re- like a conductor you're like keeping yeah. things moving because ethan was doing a good job but then this guy who like yeah. th- it's like his main thing yeah i was just like damn yeah like, it really it's one of those things how you think good. oh talk show hosts like they have the easiest job ever until you truly understand like what an effective one does versus an amateur it's oh like, yeah wow you're incredible at that's the thing is like I was pretty dang critical of like some talk show hosts in my video, but uh-huh. even still, like I recognize like even at this level of criticism, yeah. they're very good at what they're doing. It's the infinite dance between like being the fan that feels like they know what all fans want and then being <laughs> the creator that's trying to make that thing for the fans. Like while I'm watching a thing, I'm like, oh, I just wish they would do it like this. And then it's your ultimate quest as an artist to like take that idea and actually bring it to reality. Yeah. It's so much harder to be the one actually making it than to be the fan requesting it from the couch. Well, yeah, I remember sometimes in film school, there was this one professor who was like really wise, but sometimes we would be like showed it, showing our uh, edit of our movie in front of the class. And she would say like, 
you know, maybe this should happen or the story should go this way or during this scene, like, could you maybe reshoot it like this? And I remember a lot of times, like, students would feel like, dude, I would have had to have been making the movie differently and with that in mind mm. the entire time I was making, like, making the movie to make that work. Yeah. Or, like, in other words, it's like they're giving out a suggestion of, like, well, yeah, I guess I could, but at that point I would have to like redo the whole thing because that's just not even mm-hmm. where my mind was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this point is making sense, but it's just like <laughs> kind of like what you're saying of like, I wish they would just do it this way. It's yeah. like you don't know what went yeah. into even making what you're right. seeing. And yeah. for all you know, like that thing that feels so simple, like why didn't they just yeah. make it this way? Uh-huh. It's like maybe that thing it wouldn't have even been yeah. clear until they yeah. did it this like wrong way first right like some things exactly some some improvements aren't even cl- like you it's like right. if you knew where i started that would have never exactly. even occurred to me exactly that, that's kind of what i'm 100%. getting at no i agree full, fully yeah i think um yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're at two and a half hours all right hell yeah dude you want to just wrap up that sounds good to me i feel like you and i could kind of just talk about movies yeah. and stuff forever yeah well thank you for having me on and uh catastrophe and spongebob yeah so everybody subscribe to level one rock if you like video essays which we just talked about for two hours so i I hope you do (laughs) more to come yeah all right well (laughs) this is like the most like lackluster ending ever (laughs) bye everyone because i know we're just gonna keep talking as friends as soon as i hit cut (laughs) yeah yeah all right show goes on uh bye (laughs) bye everyone Okay. Amazing. I'm gonna hit cut Come on the OBS. Yeah, yeah.